is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's not it. One more. Get arrested! No! They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? Play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouse. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is another show of the Sports Loudmouths. I am the host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. And no, ladies and gentlemen, another day, another sorrow for no Tyler, a.k.a. Mothball slash Duff Harrison. He is no longer here. I'll slap him now. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I, <laughs> you want to know something? And I, I love Tyler, and I love who he is as a person, somewhat of sometimes. Uh, he he has an excuse for everything. And yesterday, he decided not to come because he had something to do with his work. Today, <laughs> he says he's not sick. He's not healthy. He's, uh, he's sick. So I, I, it doesn't make any sense because yesterday, I had my sec- second vaccine, and uh, today I wasn't feeling good. I didn't go to my regular job. And I was pretty much home all day just trying to relax and trying to get better. So uh, I don't understand Tyler Harrison. But, again, this is what Tyler does, and I don't understand it. But whatever. John, John says, rumor Tyler is getting hair plug surgery. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't doubt it with him. So I, he needs it. That's for sure. <laughs> he might need more than plugs. Well, he needs something. Maybe a wig. Go, yeah. go get him a wig. What do they call those things that, you know, Donald Trump wears? What do they call those things? Uh, toupees. A toupee. Yeah, that would be good. Right on the top of his head. We can use it as a yarmulke or something like that. <laughs> I mean, the top of his head looks like the shape of a yarmulke. It's, it's, it's really the Ginobili, Ginobili hairstyle haircut. Okay? So I, I, I've never seen anything like it in person until I've seen Tyler. And, and Tyler, who's 28 years old, who, the type of kid that he is, and he is a kid. He's 28 years old. By the age of 38, around my age right now, he'll probably have no hair. So uh, he, he might as well shave it off. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you can call us at 631-672-3108. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it's so interesting because... I, with the vaccination, and, and here in New York, you're, you're forced to take the vaccination. Uh, if you work at a hospital, you work for the medical, a medical facility, or any of those particular things, you have to take the vaccination. And what they're trying to do now throughout the, I guess you could say the big states, New York, L.A., California, whatever it is, uh, Texas, hopefully, well, not hopefully, but maybe eventually Texas will be forced to do it as well because of the pot overpopulated areas. Uh, they force you to take this vaccination, and I've taken – this was the second one, and I, I will say this. I don't know who's taken the vaccination. Every time I took this vaccination, every single time I got sick, I, I did, and today – I woke up, I had the cold sweats, I didn't want to get out of bed, my legs were pretty much, uh, my bones and my muscles were absolutely, 
just terrible. And I, I couldn't move. I, I couldn't stand on my feet until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? So uh, it, it just seems like my luck. But, uh, again, I, this um, – I guess you could say the COVID-19 situation is definitely not a fun thing to have. And and just having the vaccine could show you that. So Well, you had it at the worst possible with all the symptoms you had when you actually had it. Now, Yeah, I had the Delta. Definitely, definitely not helping now either <laughs> if you're feeling all that. I had the Delta, which is the uh, worst. And I, I also had it when I had surgery, when I had hip right. surgery. I couldn't stand up. I kept going back and forth to the bathroom. Uh, I had the cold sweats. It was the worst. I'll tell you this. Nobody could would want to go through the situation I was going through, uh, especially at the time that I was going through it. So um, we have a great show lined up for you. We don't know what time Jimmy Smith is coming on the show. Uh, he did reply. We, he just didn't give us a time. Hopefully we get Jimmy Smith on the show today. If not, we'll probably get him on next week. Uh, if you don't know him, all-pro wide receiver from the Jaguars. So uh, I don't know if he's coming on tonight. Uh, he, he was – I think you said that he was – He read the text or the message and didn't respond with a time. But he said he would do Thursday, so. so we'll see. So he might pop in. He'll, he'll make the surprise appearance like Okoye did yesterday. Well, we knew, we knew Okoye was going to come in. We don't know if Jimmy Smith is coming in. Okoye, Okoye uh, especially absolutely missing last week's show because of the, the Super Bowl, and he was over there at Radio Row. Uh, he promised us that he would be on. J- Jimmy Smith really didn't give us any promises. He That's just, fair. He just told us that uh, he would like to come on, We just and he would like to come on Thursday, but he didn't give us a time and, and a date. So it could be next Thursday. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, but we might have Jimmy Smith on a little bit later in the show. Uh, we'll get into this whole Ben Simmons a.k.a. I guess James Harden saga, which seems like it's never going to end. Uh, James Harden, which will, who will probably not play in a basketball game until the All-Star break is over. And that's, I think, this week, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So uh, we won't see James Harden play for the 76ers until sometime um, after the All-Star break. We, we're, I don't even think we'll see Ben Simmons either no. uh, for a while as well because he hasn't played in, like I, I guess, 100 games. <laughs> I mean... Uh, he's missed a lot of games, and uh, listen, I, and we will get into that whole situation where he said he was me- mentally disturbed and he had mental problems. And uh, I, I listen, I I don't know what's going on in Ben Simmons' head. Uh, obviously, no, none of us do, but uh, I think he just wanted out with the Seventy Sixers, and he had to find an excuse why he can't play, why he had problems with Doc Rivers and some of the players on his team. So he made it into a mental situation and uh, a mental dispute. And the 76ers said, you know what, then if you're mentally challenged, you don't come. You don't have to come to practices. You don't have to play. We'll pay you to sit out. And that's what they did. And, and Ben Simmons, the only reason why he's on net. And, and by the way, and I, I will get into this with my friend Eric Martini, who actually texted me today telling me that I told you that this team's going to be a lot better uh, with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons. They played the Knicks, okay? Let's let's get that straight. The New York Knicks. I am a Knicks fan. I understand that the Knicks had a 35-point lead. Do you know that in the last, the, the last month, the Knicks had five games with over 25 points or more that they were leading going into the second half, and every one of those games they lost, which, as uh, Ben was saying, this is the first time in NBA history the Knicks – Breaking records, not great records. The Knicks are breaking records right now. Uh, and, and, and listen, 
Uh, we'll get into this whole Tom Thibodeau thing because it seems like uh, management is not very happy with him. And it, it's a shame because I think Tom Thibodeau, he just – the Knicks are a young team. And he doesn't develop young players. He he wor- he pushes the older players, the middle-aged players, and they play as hard as they possibly can for him defensively and offensively for a certain amount of time, and they, he wears them out. And I like Tom Thibodeau. I think he's a very good coach. He, he He's a good coach taking over a veteran team. But a young team like this, I don't know if he fits this team. I really don't believe that he does. And I think the organization and management, I think, believe the same thing. And I think... Uh, I've been telling you guys Atkinson would be the perfect fit for this team. He's still available. I think he's an assistant coach on – I don't remember. The Clippers. The Clippers right now. He will be available at the end of the season. Maybe the Knicks reach out to uh, Atkinson and, and interview him. They did interview him when they, they hired Tom Thibodeau. Uh, they decided to go with Tom, which was the better move. Uh, they had a great first season. Uh, they were one of the top five defensive teams in the league. And then they've just completely fallen apart. Maybe it's uh, obviously Julius Randle got $116 million in the offseason, took less money to stay with the Knicks, and now the Knicks fans are booing him and think that he's a waste of space, which uh, I, I was never a, a Julius Randle fan. I, I, just, I don't think his game fits like, like Carmelo Anthony's fit here. Now, Carmelo Anthony was an isolation type of player, and isolation players usually don't win championships. We've seen this before. Plenty of great isolation players uh, come into the league. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is one of the best we've seen in, uh, I would say, the last 25 years. And, and you just don't win as an isolation player. And Carmelo Anthony is a way better player than Julius Randle. But uh, I, I think that when you look at this team, and, and there's nobody that really stands out that is a super superstar. Uh, I think every team in the NBA has an up either an up and coming superstar or a superstar in the league. And I just right now, the Knicks don't have one. I mean, RJ could be one, but RJ's still growing as a player. I think he's a star. I don't think he's a superstar. And and I think being that you're in New York and the New York Knicks are uh it's a big market. It's the biggest market in the world. To not have a superstar for all this time and they haven't had a superstar in a while since Carmelo Anthony was at the top of his top of his career. I, I think it was like six, seven, eight years ago. So the the Knicks haven't had a super superstar. They haven't had a guy that could lead this team. Chris Stapps Porzingis definitely wasn't, as as we see in the with the Wizards. Um, he's no longer. And what is this? Uh, breaking news. Breaking news, Tibbs fired James Dolan, named himself the next head coach. Probably. <laughs> yeah, he probably would want that of the Knicks with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you, can't take shots at, you can't take shots at James Dolan because James Dolan's doing the right thing. He's staying out of the management of this organization. He hasn't. You haven't heard anything with James Dolan in the last, I, I would say, the last two years. He's staying out. They, they hired Leon Rose. I think that was a good move by the Knicks. Uh, I think Leon Rose is a good uh, GM or president of the organization i i just being that this is a young team and this is a growing team i i don't know if tom tippito is the guy what is john sugg saying john is also saying randall done good last year i thought he was going to be the next leader well yeah well leaders don't shoot 43 percent and hog the ball uh and john I, i will say this uh when the season was progressing last year there was no fans Okay, and as soon as the fans started to come in 
And Julius Randle had to play in front of fans. He wasn't the same player. And in the playoffs, he wasn't the same player. I don't know if Julius Randle could take the pressure here in New York. I, it's hard uh, when you come to New York City and the pressure is dampering on you. You're, you know, you're compared to some of the greats that came here and, and just never won. I mean, Patrick Ewing was one of the greatest centers of all time. Never won. Uh, obviously, uh, King. He, Bernard King was a great player. He was at the. He was drafted by the Knicks. He was at the prime of his career. He was a great player. He never won with the Knicks. Uh, and we go up and down. Carmelo Anthony never won. We go. Uh, Allen Houston never won. Amari Stoudemire never won. All these players that they've brought in or they've drafted, and let's be honest, the Knicks have never drafted a superstar since Patrick Ewing that ever amounted to anything. Chris Tapps we thought was going to be a player. Then he, he, I think he, I don't know, he shot a rocket out of his ass or something <laughs> like that. He thought he was better than he was, and he wasn't. He, he, him and his brother wanted to take, they wanted partial ownership of the team or some crazy crap, and uh, he, he thought he was Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's it, it's pretty sad when you look at some of these young players that come to the Knicks and they, they think they're going to tell James Dolan what to do. And not to mention, he also started a bar fight. He also jumped off a, a boat when he had a, a, a right off Achilles Domestic surgery. Violence. Domestic violence. Yeah, there was a whole mess of that. Uh, John also says, what are your thoughts on Obi Toppin? I think Obi Toppin is awesome. I think Obi Toppin should play more. Uh, when he played la- last night, you could see the talent in, in his game. I think Obi Toppin should be playing. I, to me, with all these young players, Cam Reddish should be playing. Quigley should be playing more. Quigley, I know, was on this like this streak of missing. I mean, he lost twenty. He missed twenty three point shots in a row right. before he hit two of them yesterday. I mean, uh, Obi Toppin's special. He he's a good player. Why did you think the Knicks drafted him as their fifth pick? They could have drafted any one. One of these good players, you know, uh, what's his name again? It was just traded to the Indianapolis. Uh, Halliburton. Halliburton. They could have drafted Halliburton. They could have. He, he's one of the best young point guards in the league right now. Halliburton is now playing for Indiana. Indiana's a young, uh, fun team to watch now with a good coach. Rick Carlisle, is, he's a championship coach. He won with the Mavericks. I, I mean, the Knicks need to find a guy that is going to be a force, and, and they don't have one. I mean, like I said, RJ could be that guy. But I think he's – I think RJ's like the Robin. I, I don't think he's Batman. I think they need a Batman or a Superman. They don't have one. And, and this team, uh, all together, I just – I don't know what this team is all about. I don't know where this team is going. When you look at the Lakers, okay, and I, I've been watching the Lakers the last couple of weeks. I mean, obviously LeBron James is having a fantastic season. I mean, they lost uh, Davis last night. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy, all right? He's, uh, three years, I think he's been on, on the Lakers for almost four years. He's been injured three out of the four years. He's missed a significant amount of games. Uh, he did win a championship with the Lakers the first year, the, the first full season, uh, but that was a COVID season. Right, the bubble. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't know if that's something to brag about, but the Lakers... Uh, you see, if, if Russell Westbrook figures out what his game is with that team and, and Davis comes back, I'm telling you right now, if they squeak into the playoffs, I, I think they're going to be a hard out. I, I don't think like, Carmelo Anthony hasn't played in a while. I mean, yes, they're an old team. Yes, they're not as young as the Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. They're not. 
but they can mm-hmm. compete with them because they have LeBron James. LeBron James has been, if not the best playoff player of all time, he's he's right up there with the best. I mean, his career average points is thirty-one points a play, thirty or thirty-one points in the playoffs. Yeah, he has five playoff records already, and there's he's close to that at almost every other one in terms of just being a well-rounded playoff player. Playoff LeBron's a whole different animal. Lynn Sanity and Lynn was not a superstar. Yeah, that was a that was a four month fun stretch. That it's not even it wasn't even four months. It was it was, like yeah, it was, fe- it was February to when they ever they got knocked like out of the playoffs. Months. It was right after the Super Bowl. It was like February to whenever yeah, they it was got like knocked three out, months knocked out of the playoffs. Then the Knicks didn't re-sign him because they wouldn't give like one and a half more no, million. Than it's the Carmelo Anthony. They didn't re-sign him because of Carmelo Anthony. Everybody knows that story. Carmelo Anthony didn't want Lynn there. He was taking away this. The cameras away from him. He he became like a uh, a commodity over there in New York. Uh, the Linsanity story started to come. The pictures, the the posters, uh, and and it was stealing his you know superstardom. And I, I understand that. I mean, Carmelo Anthony was the guy that was the only one that really wanted to come here and play. I mean, you're hearing now that uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, would like to play for the Knicks. He, he you know he's he wants to play in a big marketplace. The Utah Jazz are not a big marketplace. Uh, could he be on his way to the Knicks? I don't think he's going to the Knicks because I think he just signed a new contract. I, I, I think he signed a contract two years ago. So I think he signed a five-year deal. So I think he has three years left on his deal. I don't see him getting traded to the Knicks until either sometime next year or the year after. Uh, John, to answer your question, what did they get for Porzingis? They got two first-round picks for Porzingis, uh, one of which, is the, one of which they, they used, and Dennis Smith, who's now gone. But they made work for Derrick Rose, who's now hurt right now but still on the team. Mm-hmm. And now they've turned that first-round pick. Trade the, Derrick Rose. At Hornets' the first-round pick was turned to Cam Reddish. So that's the cycle right now, and they still have one more in two years. And Donovan Mitchell, I see Snug says Donovan Mitchell isn't, isn't an easy player to deal with. He isn't. But how many New Yorkers are? Okay, Donovan Mitchell is a big Met fan. He's trying to. He, he, he I saw he's trying to recruit Soto to the Mets. I, <laughs> I, I mean, you're gonna have to hope the the salary, uh, the luxury tax goes up like two hundred million dollars for that to happen. He has a better chance of going to the Yankees than the Mets. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I mean, I the Mets are no way going to spend the amount of money that he's going to be asking for. I, if if nobody heard that. Uh, before this, uh, I guess, strike or the situation that's going on right now uh, with the major leagues, uh, the Nationals offered him $350 million. But there's, I don't think any way Mike Rizzo will ever trade him to the Mets. No. I, I think if he gets traded, he gets traded into the American League so he doesn't have to play him a lot or doesn't have to see him at all So or see him once every other year or twice every other year. So um, I, 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 Donovan Mitchell isn't an easy player to deal with, but – uh, he's a star. He's an absolute star, and that's what the Knicks need. They need a superstar. They need a guy that can take over a game when they need be. I mean, last night, Donovan Mitchell played just as well as LeBron James. They didn't win, but uh, Donovan Mitchell had 37, 39 points. I mean, the Knicks haven't had a player like that since Carmelo Anthony. And Donovan Mitchell actually plays defense. Yeah. You know, so, I, I mean, he's from New York. He grew up a Knicks fan. Um, I was very surprised the Knicks didn't draft him at 14. He, he went to the Utah Jazz. and uh, It was very surprising because I heard stories that the Knicks actually wanted to draft him. Uh, they, but there was some other management that didn't want him, a.k.a. Phil Jackson. 
which was a big mistake. That mm-hmm. was the year I think they drafted Nilakina. Nilakina. Yep, they drafted Nilakina at eight. A lot of people were also saying they were going to draft Malik Monk, or the Thank Knicks God. fans wanted Malik Monk. I, I remember that at the time, too. All these Knicks fans wanted Malik Monk. I'm like, no, no. I, he was so overhyped at that time. I remember that. But at the same time, Duke, right? uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. He was, he was Kentucky. Kentucky. He, right. he was in the same backcourt with De'Aaron Fox at that time, who went fifth in that draft. Mm-hmm. And, and Mitchell, and Mitchell actually, at the time, I, I he was an experienced player. I, didn't, I never thought he would have amounted to that in the NBA. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe who knows what would have happened with Phil Jackson still there, but still <laughs> definitely would have been a nice piece to have. And, and Snug says Rudy Gobert makes Mitchell's defense look better. Not I, necessarily. They're two different types of defenders. Mitchell's a perimeter guy, wing guy, and Gobert's inside. Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in the league. Everybody, he's, he's won three defensive players of the year uh, awards. Uh, he's... Donovan Mitchell is, uh, you know, obviously he's not, he's more of an offensive player than a defensive player, but he can play two-way basketball. And, and that's what the name, look at John Moran. John Moran has turned into a super, superstar. You saw what he, he's taken over for Memphis, and the Grizzlies are a completely different team this year. I expected this with RJ, but I think RJ Barrett, his game isn't fit to be like a, a Batman. I think he's more of a Robin. He's a guy that I believe could give you 23, 24 points a game and, and nine to eight rebounds and, and maybe four assists you know, every single game. But he's not a guy that you could see is going to score consistently 30 points a game. He's not that type of player. Yeah, right? and you would have seen some kind of special trait from R.J. Barrett at this point, which you've seen from John Morant already with his playmaking ability, his driving to the hoop the way he does. His three-point shooting is still not great, but... Everything else has really worked. That team is number three in the West with a ton of young talent on that team. A very deep team, too. Not a lot of people give him credit for it. Really, Barrett, he's got good spurts of different things. He looked like he improved on defense at the beginning of the year. Then it looked mm-hmm. like he was improving his shooting. Now, all of a sudden, he's in back into a slump, and now he's hurt after leaving the game, after they left him in the game late in the game in garbage time for whatever reason. And... He doesn't really have that kind of trait that elevated to the next game where you expect a top three pick to at least have something like that, especially in a backcourt NBA. And when you look at Ben Simmons, and, and listen, I, I think Ben Simmons has a talent. He's a good rebounder for a guy his size, a good offensive rebounder. He's a, a, a superb defensive player. He can play multiple positions and defend multiple positions. He's more of a point forward. That's what he is. He's a LeBron James type. A lot of people compared his skills to LeBron James when he came to the league. But LeBron developed a shooting ability. Uh, LeBron wasn't a great shooter when he came into the league. He was a horrible shooter. He was a horrible free throw shooter. I think he was shooting 65% at the free throw yep. in high school. And he had to change it. He had to become better at the free throw line. I think now, you know, in his career, he's a 75 76% free, uh, free throw shooter. You need to be that in the NBA, especially when you're going to get fouled, especially when you're going to get to the line uh, big and strong and the ability very hard to defend. I, I just think that Ben Simmons really hasn't taken his game to that next level. And I, I think because he thought his skill, his, his ability – Uh, is so much better than half the athletic, uh, talented players in the NBA, where he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care to to really make his game or to to transition his game into a star NBA player. Now, yes, everybody's going to say, well, he's been a three-time All-Star. Yeah, that's great. Being an All-Star doesn't make you a superstar in this league. Um, What I I could say about Ben Simmons is, is if Ben Simmons figures out who he is as a player – Ben Simmons could turn into the player that a lot of people thought he was going to be when he came from LSU. Was it LSU? Yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, and he, he barely played there, too. He was like only played like Because he was games. a horrible yeah. student. <laughs> right. He was a horrible student. He, he was failing out of classes. He only went to college because he had to. If, there, if, there, if he could play and go right from high school into the NBA, he would have. And now the NBA is trying to transition that again where you right. can go from high school into the NBA or go to the G League and make money instead of go and play college ball. I, I mean, honestly, when you look at the big picture and, and, and where Ben Simmons is in, in his career, and, and Jeff says it best, Ben Simmons, okay, Ben Simmons has made 23-point shots in five years as an NBA player. When the game is a three-point, you know, three-point league, I mean, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, all these three-point shooters, and I know Golden State transitioned the game, Kevin Durant. If you're not a, if you're a big man, you need to learn how to shoot threes now. I mean, look at all the big men. Uh, uh, Dwight Howard, I said, what did I say? Did I say it to you? Yeah, you told it to me when we were going back yesterday. That, yes. Uh, it's just amazing how Dwight Howard just was easily the best center in basketball for one of the se- best players in a league. Yeah, for seven years in a row, and all of a sudden it fell Took off his a cliff. Team to the finals. Right. All of a sudden he, he, his drop, his, I guess, fall is he from that, grace. Is he that much worse than what he was when he played at the top of his game in Orlando? I don't know. Not necessarily, just because the difference is it's just his skill sets, it's it just not as valued as much in today's game. Yes, you still need to be able to have some kind of rim defender for quicker guys that could drive to the hoop, wing guys, big guys like Giannis and LeBron, guys like that that are athletic freaks. But still, it's not as valued as, say, a hybrid point forward type or a hybrid wing type like you're seeing with with Giannis now, Luka Doncic, guys like that. It's not valued to have that top pure center. And that's kind of the same thing with Gobert. You, if Gobert played in another era, he might be thought of as one of those like top 10, top 20 players. And yeah. now and now he's thought of, all right, he's a great defensive player, but he's still just a pure center. They're no, they don't think of him in the same light as they would have maybe 15 years ago. Yeah, but here's the, here's the throw off here. Rudy Gobert is not an offensive player. The game in the league is completely transitioned away from the player that he is, and he's still a star. Why? Because he's benefited for what his talent is. I don't know if and, – and that's why I look at – and I see Snug said kind of like uh, Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, kind of like Jermaine yeah. O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal was – he was a all-around good defensive player when he came into the league. He had to develop his offensive skill. Uh, and, and then as he – progressed uh, to go to Indiana. Remember, he wasn't drafted by Indiana. I, I forget who drafted uh, Jermaine O'Neal, but uh, he went to Indiana, and he really developed his game. And I think it was Portland, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Jermaine O'Neal really didn't really develop his skill for like four or five years, and he became a better offensive player as his career started to progress. Now, you have to develop and figure out a way to score in, in this league. If you don't, you're never going to be the player that you – you were drafted as or, or become uh, the player that you, you wanted to be when you, when you were drafted. Now yeah, it was Portland 1996. Yes. Uh, when you, when you look at, you know, obviously Butler, remember when Butler was drafted, Butler was a not, he was an, I think he was drafted from Marquette. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. And Butler, he was an all around defensive player. That's all he was. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't do anything. His offensive game was limited. He be, he developed his offensive skill. Kawhi Leonard was a defensive-minded player. He developed his offensive game when he came into the NBA. When you want something and you want to work at it, you become better at it, especially with the talent that you are. You're the best of the best. You're drafted in the NBA for a reason. But, again, you look at, you look at the league and you look at Ben Simmons. What is going on with Ben Simmons? Is he mentally confused? I... I, I 
I don't know what's going on in that guy's head. The fact is, and I, I'll say this again, and 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 I, I me and uh, Eric Martini, we, we've gone back and forth on the phone. He, he tells me, I told you, I told you this team was going to be better with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. When they start to play better teams, when when obviously Kevin Durant comes back, Kyrie Irving comes back, Ben Simmons is playing, and they play the better teams, the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, the Utah Jazz, uh, in the East, the 76ers, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat. When they play the better teams and they can compete with those teams, then you could come to me and say, well, I told you they were going to be better. They're not going to (laughs) win. This team is not built to win. I mean, you had a better chance to win with James Harden. There's no question that you had a better chance to win with James Harden. Now, James Harden didn't want to be there anymore. And maybe it was the Kevin Durant thing. I, I was hearing that the last three months, him and Kevin Durant were just not talking. And that's surprising because the reason why he came to Brooklyn and the reason why he wanted to come and play in Brooklyn was Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is very hard to understand. Yeah. Okay? I, I mean, he, he's on all these shows and all these podcasts and – he seems like a cool, collective type of guy, but when you hear him talk, it's, it, it, you wonder about him. You wonder, you know, is there something off with him? Right. Does he really not get along? I mean, why would he leave Golden State? Right. Remember, people were saying Draymond Green was the reason he came to Golden State. Then it was also the reason he left. Too. Yeah. So which is it with them? Same thing in OKC. I think Serge Ibaka he had a good connection with, and he had a bad, uh, a sour taste out of his mouth at the end of that stretch. When, and, then, and then they traded Serge Ibaka at the end of the 2015 season after they blew that lead, 3-1 lead. And then they really dismantled that whole roster. So. Kevin Durant might be just the difficult one to play with as a whole, too, even though he is such a great player and works with other guys well, might not work with these other stars. And James Harden, we know all the stars that he's played with and then left, ditched, whatever you want to call it with that, between OKC, then Chris Paul, then everybody else. Yeah, he didn't get along with Russell Westbrook either right. at the end of it. He couldn't get along with him in, with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they He kind of pushed and pushed to get Russell Westbrook from OKC to the Rockets. He was there for how many years uh, before it didn't work? Uh, a year and a half? Right. <laughs> and then he, you know, Russell Westbrook, the whole Russell Westbrook, uh, um, I guess, uh, e- examination or whatever you want to call it, it didn't work. It didn't work. And it, he, he has played, remember, OKC had Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden at the top of their game. He has played with... Both those guys in different places, and it didn't work. Who do you think is the problem? It's not Russell Westbrook. It's not Kevin Durant. It must be James Harden. James Harden just – I don't know what's going on with the guy. Now, James Harden, he has a a great opportunity. I think Joel Embiid right now is the MVP of the league. His 76ers are fantastic. I think he's really changed the – the understanding of what the center position is. And, and uh, I worry about Joel Embiid because he's injury prone. Right. Uh, but if he is playing at the top of his game, I don't think there's any center in the league that's better than him. I, I think he is. His all-around game is fantastic. He can rebound. He could score. He could shoot the three. He could shoot foul shots. I mean, the guy could do everything. He, he really is very hard to defend, too. There, as a matter of fact, I think he's one of the hardest players to defend because of his size and his ability to see the – see the the game, see the court the way he does. But, I mean, James Harden has something to prove now. He's going to a team that's already built, already built to win, and now he is the missing piece in, in, 
in a lot of ways, that's where they think is the who, who the, they think is the missing piece. Because obviously, Ben Simmons wasn't. <laughs> John says, "Does Giannis get the respect? You no. rarely hear his name. Always no. hear Embiid, John Morant, Westbrook, even Harden. They don't even have a ring." <laughs> no, I I don't think uh, Giannis gets enough respect, but. Again, Giannis is a different type of player. He's an athletic freak. That's why they call him the Greek freak. And I, I think Giannis has really changed the game in a way that we've never seen it before. Now, uh, a, a power forward slash center that has the athletic ability to do the things. that Now, the one problem that Giannis's game really uh, hasn't developed is his shooting ability. Uh, and teams have figured it out in the playoffs. Now, last year, they didn't. They couldn't stop him in the finals. They couldn't stop him in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals against the Nets. And maybe because they're not – both those teams were not very all-around good defensive teams. Phoenix, Neither was Atlanta either. <laughs> no. I, I mean, but Giannis, it's proven. If you can keep Giannis on the perimeter, Giannis is not the same player he is when he's dominating the paint. Now, he is one of very few players still in the league – that can dominate the paint the way he does, score 30-something points a game, rebound and assist and do all the stuff that he does blocking, and doesn't need to shoot a three. He really doesn't to dominate the game. Very few players do that now, honestly. I I mean, I I don't remember. Maybe who's another player that does what he does? Not to that nothing to that level because you you remember Giannis could also play like four positions on the court too. He would move around off the ball very well. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best in terms of like getting, getting screens for other guys to dribble the point guards that they had, even Middleton and making that kind of thing work. There's really nobody at that kind of elite level that does that to the same way. And that's what makes him very tricky to defend. And it takes a top defensive team like Miami did with Eric Spolster, that system, even Toronto when they won their championship with Nick Nurse and and Kawhi Leonard and all those defensive players. Uh, John says maybe Joker would be the closest. He's a different type of player. Like he's, he's a shooter. He's more of the offensive specialist that is, Decent defensively, but not like the athletics. He could shoot Giannis the three. Has. He's a good perimeter shooter. Mm-hmm. For, for a big man, He, I think perimeter-wise, he shoots 50%. Right. I, I mean, Giannis doesn't shoot that. He's, he's never been a perimeter shooter. So uh, Joker is probably a better all-around player than Giannis is. Uh, Joker doesn't get enough credit that he deserves. He's never won, but go look at what Joker is. Joker was a second-round draft pick. He was passed up by everybody. Uh, he was a late second round. Yeah, too. there was literally a commercial play when he got drafted. It was just one of those like random picks that you didn't expect to pan out. And now he's arguably a top five player in the league. He is a top five player in the league. And and maybe you find those diamonds in the rough. I mean, uh, Robinson for the Knicks. Now, he's not Joker. But Robinson, we've hoped that he turns into a, a player of that magnitude where he could be a great rebounder and a great, you know, score 15, 16 points a game and be a double-double machine. But uh, I mean, sometimes you think that, but he, you know, Robinson is is uh, he can't stay healthy, and that's a, that's another problem with these big men in the league. They just don't stay healthy. They uh, maybe it's their knees, their ankles, uh, their hips, their backs, their lower backs. They're not. Uh, they're very agile. I mean, look at what Anthony Davis went through last right. night. He 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 uh, rolled his ankle, and Anthony Davis might not be back until the end of the season. They say two weeks, but I think it'll be more. Uh, for a guy his size and the amount of weight, uh, if you watch that replay and you saw his leg roll, it rolled all the way through. I, I mean, that's a that's a bad ankle sprain. I mean, I was very surprised he didn't break his ankle. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Okay, so, I, I mean, 
you look at you look at the league and you look at some of these players. I mean, like I said, you you, you talk about Giannis. A lot of people look at Luka Doncic. Have we ever seen a player like the last player that I can re- remember a player like Luka Doncic is Larry Bird. That's who Luka Doncic plays like. Larry Bird, a, a, a guy that can ball handle the way he does, the size that he is. I, you know, he's quirky. I mean, he he's he's a big guy. He's got big thighs and, and, and big calves. And you wouldn't expect how uh, quirky and fast and how uh, the athletic ability that this guy has. Uh, he's an unbelievable shooter. He's an unbelievable passer. He sees the court the way he does. He, for a guy his size, he can rebound. I mean, he's a tall guy, but he's a very good rebounder. I'm telling you, if you were to ask me who Luka Doncic reminds me of, it's Larry Bird. I mean, another quirky player, one of the most uh, dominant players we've seen in the 80s and the 90s and in the late 70s, and uh, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. One that one that doesn't really get as much respect as he should for like all-time rankings, too. Like, yes. I, I think he's a top-five player, personally. That's who Luka Doncic reminds me of, Larry Bird. I mean, and that's, that's high praise. Yeah. I mean, Larry Bird is, if you watch the videos, and, and there are a lot of young guys that have never seen Larry Bird play at the top of his game. Oh, I've seen Larry Bird play. You watch videos and clips. Great. When you watch Larry Bird play when the Boston Celtics were dominant, Larry Bird, and they had, he was the catalyst, and they had great players, Robert Parrish, McHale. I mean, they've had some great, great players. And, and who the best, and all Hall of Famers. And who was the best player on that team? Larry Bird. It's not even an argument. So I, I, Luka Doncic is, is that type of player. And, and, and again, you, you try to compare and contrast some of these players, and there is nobody that in, the, in the past that reminds me of Giannis because Giannis is an athletic freak just as much as everybody says that LeBron James reminds them as Magic Johnson. He's not Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was never the size and had, had the ability that LeBron James has. He's an athletic freak. Now, if you want to say who's the closest thing to LeBron James at the way he plays, it's Magic Johnson. I think Luka Doncic, if you watch his game and Larry Bird's game, they're very similar, very close to one another when you watch them play. I'm telling you, it's spinning image, like mirror images of each other. So I, I, it, it's hard when you see these players. Joel Embiid is a different player. I mean, right. could, you, could you compare Joel Embiid's game to any big man in, in the 90s? Maybe Elijah Wan? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. I, I, Elijah Wan, again, Elijah Wan, he wasn't a good three-point shooter. Joel Embiid is. The game is transition. It's different. So, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting the way the NBA has moved and – I believe Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and these three-point shooters have ruined the game. It's changed the game. Everybody says, well, it didn't ruin the game. It did ruin the game because now if you don't shoot 33-pointers in a game, the chances that you have to winning that game are slim. And, and it's, it's crazy the way the game has transitioned. Now, I believe eventually the NBA will find a way to change this where it's not like that and it'll go back to the old style of game because of the way the game has transitioned. But – uh, that will happen when, you know, the guys like Steph Curry retire or Klay uh, Thompson retires and some of these three-point shooters that are retired. Because I think you're seeing some of these young players that are coming to the league now. They're not as 
three-point shooter, you know, you expect these three-point shooters yeah, to be in transition right. to. So. Now, the only way that's going to happen from an analytics standpoint, just because you're seeing a lot of these coaches and also the organizations build around the three-pointer, too, is if you have some of the smaller backcourt-type guys revert back to that other skill set. Now, we've kind of seen that with John Moran. Not that he can't shoot a three, but it's not his main specialty. We were talking about it a couple weeks ago with De'Aaron Fox. He's a point guard that can attack the rim, shoot free throws well, but not really a great three-point shooter. So if there's more of those type right. where they could build around that instead and try to rely on more of like depth bench shooters, then you're going to see that become a norm again because the analytics will tell you that the three-point shooters, assuming that the shot is open, are still going to benefit more than taking a mid-range shot. There are games where there's barely any mid-range shots anymore because it just diminished an analytical value. And the same thing with the coaches, too. All these top coaches are encouraging these guys to shoot more threes, too. How do you think Eric Spolstra rebirthed somebody like a Duncan Robinson? Mm-hmm. And there are other plenty of other examples across the league of that. Tom where, Thibodeau with uh, Butler. I mean, he right. Transition his game because of the three-point shot. And Tom Thibodeau is a firm believer of the three-point shot, which uh, you see the Knicks. They shoot a lot of three-pointers under Tom Thibodeau. The more, the, the, before Tom Thibodeau was here, the Knicks shot the least amount of three-pointers yep. in the league. The least. Now they shoot one of the highest-rated three-point shots in all of basketball. Why? Because Tom Thibodeau believes in shooting threes. The Knicks were the worst percentage-wise and attempts-wise for, I think, five years, like a five-year span in the league. Mm-hmm. So you could tell that they took a while to adjust to that kind of modern thing. But in order for these other guys to get – in order for, order for the dominant inside game to come back to the same level, they're going to need that reversal because we were talking about different unique prototypes. Who's like Embiid? Who's like Giannis? I think Nikola Jokic is another one that's a very unique prototype because he's not really a super like athletic in comparison to somebody like a LeBron or a Giannis or something like that, but he has his vision on the courts insane. He could shoot, he could step back, create very well for a guy that's kind of a bulkier, but not really like athletic freak build in comparison. And then you're going to see that kind of reverse thing. So you're going to have guys that are more in different roles and try to adapt more. And yeah, you're right. Some of these younger point guards aren't really those kinds of like knockdown shooter types, like the Steph Curry's or the Damian Lillard's or anything like that. And maybe Maybe that kind of thing will end up transforming that, but it's still going to be valued in other areas because of the coaching, because of the analytics. Uh, John also says, thoughts on the Cavs adding Levert to add some depth? I, I think Levert is – I don't think it's depth why they added him. I think uh, Karis Levert could be a star in this league. He He's proven that with the Nets. He was one of the best shooters, and I think that was a bad move by the Nets. When they traded Levert and uh, – the kid from uh, who's now playing for the Cavs, the big man. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. I always mess his name up. And, and some of the draft picks, I, I think it was a big mistake. I think that, that was the heart of the team. That was the heart of the Brooklyn Nets. And Karis LeVert is a guy that can score 20 to 25 points a game. He can give you, uh, you, know, it, you know, for a guy his size and the length that he has, give you seven to eight rebounds a game and, and three or four assists. He's the R.J. Barrett. And he, he could be that type of player. Now, um, I question... I question what the Cavaliers are doing because they have a lot of players like Karis LeVert on the team. But Karis LeVert could be a star in this league. I, I think you can never have enough depth that could shoot. You can never have enough depth that can come off the bench and give you the points that he's – and he's a good defensive player too. Karis LeVert is very underrated as a defensive player. Uh, so um, I think it was a great move. I think it was a great move by the Cavaliers. I think the Cavaliers are a dangerous team. They remind me of the Hawks last year. The, hmm. I don't know what happened to the Hawks this year. I, yeah, they're they're, they're god awful defensively now. They're like I think the third worst. Defensive what did I tell you about the, the coach? What did I tell you about the coach? I, I 
I have told everybody. Who's the coach of the team? I Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. When he was coaching and he got that team to the Eastern Conference Finals, I said, Nate McMillan. And I knew they were going to give him the job. Nate McMillan he never worked with the Supersonics. He's been coaching in the NBA for such a long time. They're just not the same. I mean, they're, the teams are not the same when they, he's coaching. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's like a Williams. He's just – he's not that type of player, you know, type of coach that's going to develop players, okay? He's just not. He's a, he's an old-school coach just like Tom Thibodeau, and it just doesn't work. That's, what, that's my honest opinion uh, about John it. John says, heck, even the Hornets look better than the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, right now the Hawks are a tense. They're still going to make the – they're going to make the play-in game. I, I think 10 teams make the playing game. Yep, 7 plays 10, 8 plays 9 right now. Right. So I think Atlanta they play against the Nets. Atlanta right now is 28 and 30. They can they, they can be the playing game and they would play Toronto in the first playing game. I, I mean Toronto's a much better team. I think they would beat them, but again, you never know with uh you know obviously Young who's a a, a dangerous player and Young's not had a, had a good season this year. I mean for everything that he was last year, and I thought was an MVP candidate last year, I think a top five, top six, this year he's fallen off. He's not the same player he once was uh, last year. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think Young could figure that out. I think he's still a special player. But, uh, again, they were building their team around him, and, and let's be honest, it just hasn't – it hasn't taken it. They have not taken that team to the next level. Yeah, the other thing that stepped up for the Hawks in the playoffs was the depth, and they haven't really had that as much this year either. Trey Young has played good well. Three point shooting. Trey Young has played well individually in most games, but there are also games where he scores half the points, and you're not going to be able to win like that on a consistent basis. The other thing too is just the Eastern Conference is overall just deeper too. Cleveland as a four seed, I mean nobody would have expected that. The, the Celtics, the Raptors bouncing back the way they are. And like John, John was saying, the Hornets, too. We were thinking as, as Knicks fans, we were thinking, oh, this Hornets pick is going to be a top 10 pick in the lottery. And yeah, now the Knicks pick might be a top 10 pick and probably will be. Well, that's <laughs> why the Knicks didn't want to trade their pick when they went after Cam Reddish. Because I think uh, you, you look at the Hornets, the Hornets are having a good season. They just are. I mean, they have a good young player in uh, LaMelo, I, who we all thought was going to be a good player. He's the best of the brothers. Uh, we've always thought that. And, and slowly but surely, he's developing his skill. And and, and, and right now, the Hornets, they're 29 and 30. I, I they, they don't scare me. I mean, points per game, I think they lead the league, the Hornets, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is. Uh, but their defense is not that good. And um, and, and going into the playoffs, you can't win when you're not playing all-around great defense. Uh, they have some good – I think they need – you know, Terry Rozier is a great player. I, I think he's a good asset, and you could trade him as an asset right mm-hmm. now in the, uh, you know, the trade deadline. He's a good player. Uh, I don't know if they will, but uh, this team is a playoff team. I don't know if they're dangerous, and I don't think this is a team that you can say, oh, they're going to surprise people. Now, Atlanta can because they do have Young, and Trey Young is dangerous. And he could score 30, 35 points easy in a game. He could score 30 points in the first half if he wants to. So, uh, I mean, it, offense is not a problem with Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks team. The Atlanta Hawks has had problems playing defense this year. They're just right. not the same defensive team. So Yeah, and, and defense-heavy East, too. It's transformed where Chicago, Miami, Milwaukee, all top three teams, all nice defensive teams, and even five through seven. Cle- Cleveland's kind of more offensive a little more, but they still have size, too. they got a ton of size. So Chicago's been amazing this right. year. And yeah, they've been absolutely so outside of Outside of the net, uh, the, the bottom three, Nets, Hornets, Hogs, like they're all strong defensively, too, where we're thinking, oh, this is a shooter's league. You can get away with being a top three seed even if you're not a good defensive team like we saw the Rockets used to be with, the, with James Harden. 
Harden and those teams that were awful defensively outside of Capella. So all these teams now have been steady enough defensively too, even if they're not like considered top notch. Even the West, probably outside of Dallas and Memphis in certain spurts has had a lot of duds defensively, but they're still a young team. Really, all those teams are nice defensively too. Who would have thought that Zach Levine became the player that he was? I mean, I remember when he played for the Timberwolves. Could you imagine if the Timberwolves still had Zach Levine? I mean, honestly, do you, could you imagine that team with this? Zach Levine was turning into a player. He was a slam dunk champion, and it was a three-point contest. I mean, everything that he put his mind to, he became. And, and even as a, he wasn't a great uh, – I think he was the sixth man on the Timberwolves. I think he was averaging yeah. about 14, 15 points. Uh, nobody thought that he was going to be a guy that was going to average about 25, 26 points a game and, and turn into the players. And this team, they're just a different team. Ever since DeRozan has come to this team, they're just a completely different team. And, yes, Billy Donovan doesn't hurt either. Billy Donovan is a great coach. You saw what he did to OKC. I mean, he's a Long Island native. I root on Billy Donovan because uh, uh, this team, the, the, the Chicago Bulls, uh, this could be the best Chicago Bulls team we've seen since really – the Michael Jordan, you know, era. I mean, Derrick Rose's teams were good, but they weren't championship, you know, built. I mean, Derrick Rose is a fantastic player. He really was. But the other, the outcast of players that he had, they weren't championship players. They just weren't. They were top draft picks that just never developed into the players that they thought they were going to be. Or they were one-dimensional players like Joakim Noah. <laughs> yes. So, I, I mean, this is, the best, this is the best Bulls team we've seen in a very long time. Lonzo Ball is really... Uh, you know, built his game up. And I, I mean, he's not his brother. We all know he's not Lamelo, but 13, five and five is not too shabby to Melo's 27 and seven. I mean, uh, to me, I, I mean, he was the perfect fit with the, the Chicago Bulls and he's very lengthy and he's a very good defender at the position. Yeah. He's not on the team to score anyway. So he's not going to put up the prolific shot attempts like Lamelo is either. They have Kobe White, they have DeRozan and they have Levine on that team to score. They're not going to need Lonzo Ball to really be that guy. And even, even with, uh, Billy Donovan's system too. He's created guys that have done well with OKC. Those young players that did well that one season when they were out of nowhere a five seed. A lot of those young players just flourished in the system. You're seeing that now with the Bulls too. They had to rebuild kind of similarly. They had they brought in a, a executive from the Nuggets who they built a nice team. So they were trying to take a lot of those strategies. They purged a lot of the Thibodeau slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, that era of, of Bulls where they were drafting a lot of guys that were standouts in college that never panned out. They had that one series against the Celtics where they almost won in the playoffs, but then after that, that, they, yeah. after that they fell off the cliff. Yeah, you probably would have been laughing at Mikey C if they actually finished that series off. Yeah, well, Mikey C is a diehard Celtic <laughs> fan for some reason. Uh, the only team that he rooted for he never really put down was the Boston Celtics. It didn't matter how bad they were. He always thought so highly of them. I and mean, he grew up a Larry Bird fan. That's why he's a Celtic fan. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, basketball has changed. It's transition. And I think the game is less likable until the playoffs. I mean, I, this year, I'm going to be honest with you. I have watched probably 15 full basketball games this year. 15. I don't watch a full basketball game. Uh, they have no meaning towards it. They really don't. I, and I'm a, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I love the Knicks, and I... Uh, out of all the sports teams that I root for, the Knicks are the team that, I, as a as a kid, even as a hockey player, a top talented hockey player, I rooted for more than any of my teams. 
But let's be honest, this Nick team is never going to win the way this team is is built. They need to find a guy that can help develop young players. It's not Tom Thibodeau. I thought he was going to be a good fit for the Knicks, but I I did re- you know over the years we we have seen Tom Thibodeau. He just he's failed to develop these young players. I mean Jimmy Butler he didn't fail with, Derrick Rose he didn't fail with, but. The others, I mean, I could name a bunch of players that he did fail with. Mm. So, uh, it, it, to me, uh, there there has to be some kind of transition, and management should definitely look in the offseason if Tom Thibodeau is the guy. Uh, ben says, will we ever get a malice in the palace round two somewhere no. in a contested game, or did the players oh, learn will. their lesson in the aftermath? With, with, I remember Malice in the Palace, and they did, a, I think, a Netflix story about that. And I'll never forget with uh, – and, and you want to know something? I, I look at that team with Jermaine O'Neal and uh, Meta World Peace and uh, obviously uh, – what's his name again? That does a podcast now with uh, Barnes. Um, oh, Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, three guys that are menaces. Three guys that were – and I've met Meta. I, I've met him. And, and – and, and to me, he's one of the more nicer guys that you can meet. Uh, he He's very likable. He's a person that you can definitely look up to if you're a basketball fan. Um, I just think he was wrongly mistreated as an NBA player. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely somebody that's uh, had a definitely a unique personality. That mm-hmm. again, he's obviously changing his name now. Uh, Ennis Cantor did the same thing. The Ennis Freedom, but yeah, he just changed change his name. All that, all that flair, all that intensity. All just a very, very interesting personality that he ended up bringing to the game. And it had the longevity. He was on the Knicks for a little while at the end of his career too. He he played a long time, and it definitely was a figure that. Who are you talking <laughs> about? Uh, Ron Artest, uh, yeah. Meta World Peace at yes. that time when he came to the Knicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there it was somebody that he should have been a Nick way, way before when when the Knicks when he was in the draft he wanted to be drafted by the Knicks. He was a St. John's player. The Knicks had a chance to draft him. They didn't. They they decided to pass up on him, which was a big mistake because I think Meta would have been a great player to bring to that early two thousand team uh, where they were start trying to find an identity. They just they this. After Allen Houston and Spreewell and, and Patrick Ewing was traded to the Supersonics, uh, they, they couldn't find their identity. And they still, uh, they, they still can't find their identity. So uh, I, I think it's been over 25, 20 years of just trying to figure out who they really are. And they're just not the same team they were when they were a dominant force in the 90s. Ben says, one of the fans is now best friends with one of those players that he fought. He forgot to switch along. And Stuck says, Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. Ben says, my favorite player. Mm-hmm. I, I, listen, Reggie Miller's special. I mean, to me, the best three-point shooter I've ever seen was Reggie Miller because Reggie Miller did it when, when the pressure was on. Reggie Miller scored seven or eight points against the Knicks with 13, 14 seconds. Yeah. Okay? I, I mean, Reggie Miller was just a deadly three-point shooter in the big game. Uh, and, 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 and I'll say that about Steph Curry. Steph Curry is not. No, he's a streaky playoff player, Steph Curry. A lot of the, a lot of the Warriors – the core really was outside of Kevin Durant, who was dominant when he got there and everyone else just had their moments and that's why they ended up winning. But still like nobody was bad, but nobody would Jay, like James Harden is, but nobody, nobody was saying, Oh, Steph Curry is uh, playoff playoff. Curry's being activated. I don't think we ever had that mantra for him. Same thing with Clay Thompson. Why don't we go to a quick break? When we come back, we'll get into this whole baseball thing. I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, obviously, this strike or this, what, what do they call it? What the they call lockout. It? The lockout. Uh, I, I, a lot of people believe that this lockout is probably going to drag on until 
possibly May or April. I, I mean, and you're you're talking about and I, I've been reading stories that this is good for the Yankees, a team if there's a hundred game season for the Yankees with all the injuries that they, they collect throughout the years because of their size and mm-hmm. the this could this could benefit the Yankees, it could benefit the older teams or and the Yankees are an old team, but um, I, we'll get into that. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, this whole, uh, by the way, uh, what's his name again? Just got, um, he just got. Arrested. Oh yes. Eric Kay finally did get yes. prosecuted. He got prosecuted. Of, yeah, so he's going to probably go to jail. Yeah. Um, Minimum 20 years. They're saying. Yes. So, uh, we will get into that when we come back here on the sports lab mouse. You're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. Yes! We are back, and no, there is no Tyler. Speedy smacking him around or whatever. The soul of Tyler is still here in the studio, I guess. Remember... You can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I, I mean, I, 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 if I had something to, uh, you know, like a fly swatter, I'd smack the shit out of Spud, you know, guy like, like Tyler. I mean, honestly, uh, Tyler, he knows that this show is only two days a week. It's two days a week. And the guy doesn't show up to both shows. He tells me he wants to interview the the Nigerian nightmare. He claims at the you know last hour before the show started that he something came up at his job and he couldn't make it. I mean, when does something come up at your job? And, and, and he works at a car dealership. Okay, what the hell are you doing that you can't show up to a radio show? Okay, I, it doesn't make sense. And now he's sick and. Guarantee you he'll go to work as a bouncer tomorrow. I guarantee you I'll see him there. Mm. I mean, but uh, it just never makes any sense to me. But anyways. Just remember, it's the Nigerian Zeus. The Zeus, that's right. Um, So, obviously, the MLB is trying to figure out, and they're trying to find counterproposals with the union situation. And uh, there is a story. uh, Mark Feinstein uh, from the... MLB Network wrote this story. You you want me to read it? Sure. All right. Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association met on Thursday for their latest bargaining session, during which the union made a counterproposal in response to the league's proposal that was made last Saturday. The MLBPA altered two items in its core economic proposal, both involving players In the pre-arbitration service class, the first involved expanding Super 2 eligibility to the top 80% of the players with two-plus years of service time, a leap from the 22% in the current system. The MLBPA had been asking for 100% of the players that two-year service time will become arbitrated eligibility. Through the league has maintained all along that the issue is a non-starter. Uh, in addition, the MLPA raised its ask uh, its ask for a pre-arbitration bonus pool from 100 million to 115 million, which is 10 million more than players initially asked for. MLB's most recent proposal 
included movement on a number of core economic issues, including minimum salaries, the the pre-arbitration bonus pool, and uh, the competitive balance tax and service time manipulation. With spring training already already delayed, camps have been scheduled to open this week. The calendar remains an issue as the two sides continue to to try hammering out new agreements in the effort to get players back on the field. Uh, MLB current proposal included a pair of system regarding minimum salaries, one with a single minimum of six hundred and thirty thousand which would not be capped, allowing clubs to uh, uh, discre- discretionary, discretionary raises. The other with tiered salary scale of 615000 650000 725000 that would be fixed. The 59500 increase from 2021 to 2022 in the first plan would nearly match the increase 63000 over the five years of the entire prior CBA. In the latter, uh, players would receive 16% raises, which would take them to 278500 over their first three years of service. Under this plan, and that's not factoring in the pre-arbitration bonus pool. MLB has offered a $15, billion, $15 million pre-arbitration bonus pool, which would include forming a joint committee uh, with the MLBPA to develop a mutually agree, uh, agreeable war statistic to allocate the pool's funds. Under this system, players such as Corbin Burns, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Jonathan India, Austin Riley, Randy uh, Rosarina would have seen their salaries jump between 200 and 400 percent in 2021. On an average, the top 30 pre-arbitration players would be increased their salaries by 74 percent under the proposal. So there you go. So it's it's what basically uh, that. The best takeaways from that is now they're actually pushing for the younger players to get paid faster. But we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, which which was inevitable considering the minor league the minor league players have been complain, complaining about pay for a while too. There's a lot of teams that had to be knocked out because of COVID. They couldn't afford it anymore, and just the minor league players in general just don't get treated right. So mm-hmm. they want to benefit them more once they get to the majors. And while the minor league baseball system and the major league baseball system aren't directly correlated because the teams maneuver around different farm systems for the most part, they will get paid f- faster as a result. And another article from ESPN... Did you hear about this? Hold on before you go into that. Yeah, got it. Uh, there is an issue right now being offered that the MLB will include an NBA-style draft lottery. Did you hear oh, about this? Oh, wow. Okay. Did you hear about this? I, I guess they're trying to prevent tanking more than ever because the, the competitive balance was a big focal point of the last one, too, of the biggest discretion between the big market teams and the teams like the Rays and the Athletics that have to do all the money ball stuff and to a lesser extent other uh, here's an, small market. Here's yeah. another thing. The Universal Designated Hit increase rule for draft signing bonuses values and the first ever limit on the number of times a player can be optioned in 
a season five Mm -hmm. and improvements to health benefit package, which they definitely need. And MLB is also seeking to expand postseasons to 14 teams. Ooh, so seven teams. So they give, they give them buys, I guess they're going to have to make it like work with the, like the NFL, I guess this article also says, uh, they would also benefit based on war to top 30 players, $15 million and, $115 million to the top 150 players of second-year players, which in your case, or in the case like you were saying, would benefit players like Rosa Arena and Austin mm-hmm. Riley, those young players that yep. really came out of, not came out of nowhere, but flourished more than their prospect They're level. They're good war players. Right. Yeah. And Riley, you definitely saw in the playoffs make a difference that way for the Braves, especially in the World Series, too. One of their best hitters, Rosa Arena the year before with the Rays, was mm-hmm. setting all kinds of postseason records, too. And you're definitely going to see that with other young players. And that was inevitable being the way that these teams have been paying the young players earlier now, too. The Braves are the perfect example of that with Acuna and all these, and maybe they'll do that now with Riley, too. The White Sox did it. The Blue Jays did it. And plenty of other teams that have these top young players are going to have that kind of ripple effect, too. And now they're going to make it where it's a little more balanced out. And I think maybe that's their main goal when it comes to the competitive balance of trying to keep these players. Now, the draft lottery is another thing like that, too, where it seemed like a lot. It seemed like in the last agreement they were going to have teams get benefited more with the draft picks based on how successful their young players were. But now it seems like the other way around where they're trying to, I guess, benefit some of those teams that were struggling with that, but still also not make it where they're tanking either and make it seem obvious. Like we saw in certain stretches with the Astros, certain stretches with the pirates in recent years. Now that they're definitely tanking and trying to go for those picks, the Rangers too, and they're able to get outliders, brother, all that stuff. So mm. I think there's a, it's a very strange way they're going to do it. The draft is not an outlier. Son's pretty damn good. Too. Yes, he is. And yeah, teammate of uh should have been New York met Kumar rocker too at Vanderbilt, but that's all another story. Mm-hmm. Uh, John says the only progress in a sense is that players have dropped a, one of a hand of nuclear options and have agreed not to seek free agency after five years of service time instead of six owners agreed to the universal DH and to eliminate draft pick compensation attached to top free agents. The cactus and grapefruit leagues teams were set to begin February 25th, but a trickle and eventually a flood of cancellations is now inevitable. And yeah, and that's what, uh, that's what Ben I think was saying before too. Uh, the, the, the collective bargaining agreement, kind of that last ditch effort, is going to be next the next two weeks too, because February twenty eighth was their initial deadline too. So it doesn't look like it's going to happen unless they can get it done in one of those times. Mm. I think it's very interesting, and the way baseball is trying to figure out what makes more sense, and I think it has a lot to do with the young players. I think this new CBA is is really to help these arbitrated years. I mean, the arbitration is too long, and by the time these players become available to get their big contracts, they're like 30 years old or 28 years old, 29 years old, and they're in the top end of their careers. Because you know, in baseball, you have all these injuries, and when you hit to that, hit that age 32, 33, uh, you're considered old. You're considered uh, not the same player you once were. So, I, I think that what baseball's trying to do now is if these players don't come into the league as quick like like a, like an Aaron Judge where he can actually make the big bucks when you know two three years down the road instead of waiting five six years which I think it affects you know it affects a lot of money that these guys could be making yeah also Aaron Judge was in a tough spot too with when he came up the timing of it and being the Yankees too 
they just they trade for John Carlos Stanton, and now they signed Garrett Cole too. So Aaron Judge was kind of waiting in that three year span, right when he broke out in 2017. 2016 was a was a good season for him, but 2017 was the rookie of the year. And now that we know Altuve was cheating, should have been MVP too. Yes, and so that whole gap in that time made it a lot harder for even that kind of thing to be possible just with the Yankees too. And there's going to be other teams like that too. Look at the Dodgers now with Cody Bellinger. Mm -hmm. He had his peak kind of the same way. And now the last two years, he's kind of fallen off. Not that he's a bad player, but he's not their top young player that you saw coming when he was rookie of the year by a pretty wide margin. He's definitely fell off. He was an MVP and, and it's crazy to say that when you're an MVP, you see an MVP's fallen off, but he has. I mean, the Dodgers have so many good young prospects mm-hmm. in their farm system. So Cody Bellinger is another guy that, did, you know, just like Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson was a top prospect yep. for the for the Dodgers. He, he winds up going to the the Braves. I mean, I, I mean, or he's been jumping around different teams before you know he found the Braves. So uh, and he won a championship with the Braves. So mm-hmm. figure that one out. So you know, it, it's. And you would have thought he would have won with the Dodgers, but he never won with the Dodgers. So, <laughs> uh, But, uh, again, you look at the big picture and you look at the situation where baseball is, baseball needs to figure out where they are in these agreements and, and move forward with this because the longer this goes and, and the longer this takes, uh, the longer and shorter the season's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know it could benefit certain teams like the Yankees. And it's very interesting. I read a story today how um, the short season right now would benefit the Yankees. Obviously, Aaron Judge because of the injuries. And Aaron Judge played a lot last year. He probably had as long a season since his rookie year. But, I mean, the Yankees have been fighting injury after injury after injury. I think the Yankees have had more injuries than any professional baseball team in the last five years. And uh, does it benefit the Yankees that it's a short season? Yeah, but you don't want you also don't want to win a championship in a short season where everybody's saying uh, uh, they you know who cares who wins the championship? It was a short short season. I remember the beef. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up with the with the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the, the Islanders make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and say that the that the Islanders the Islanders got lucky and all that other stuff. It's not luck. It was just they were put in the position to succeed, and that's why. It worked out for them. It doesn't always work that way, but, it, you know, it did for them. So uh, I, I just think that baseball needs to figure out. And this, this Tyler Skagg thing, and I, it's a, I, I think it's a, it's a shame uh, what happened to this guy. And, and we've seen this before. We've seen uh, professional baseball have baseball players have drug problems. Uh, what, what, what's his name again? The steroid guy or the, the drug addict uh, who's drafted by Tampa, and then he went to Texas. And, oh, uh, yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton. Hamilton, uh, he was a home run, a power hit. He was a great, great player. And Hamilton had to figure out who he was as a player. I mean, he was drafted by Tampa. He was a top-end prospect. I think he was the number one or number two pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, floated around. Tampa couldn't handle him anymore. He was thrown to the side in the Texas uh, he, he went through that whole, you know, abusive drug, you know, system thing that he he went through and became, you know, a Texas Ranger. And the Texas Rangers got him when he was at the top top level of a player. And for five years, yeah. uh, Hamilton was one of the best power, best overall players in the major leagues, and they, they benefit from it. Uh, but he had a drug problem. He had, um, you know, you know, cocaine problem. If you read the story, Hamilton wrote a, wrote a book about this and. Uh, he had this Josh Hamilton. That's right, and he had this problem with drugs. And 
this isn't the first time that we've heard this, that a, a professional baseball player overdosed and, and killed himself, or a professional athlete overdosed and killed himself, either drinking, doing drugs. So this is a sad story. What makes it even more sad is that a guy like Eric Kay, who uh, he wasn't just doing it with Tyler Skaggs. He was doing it with a lot of the players in the you know on his team with the Angels. And uh, the fact that this wasn't stopped, that it wasn't looked at at the time that it was going and it was doing – uh, maybe Tyler Skaggs still is alive. Maybe, you know, maybe, what's his name again? Ha- Matt Harvey uh, is a different player, you know, because he was, I understand he was doing drugs in, in New York and all that other stuff. But maybe when he went to the Angels, maybe, uh, you know, if the Angels were a, a, a much better organization and better run organization, they figure it out and try to help this kid. Now he's a Baltimore Oriole. So, right. I, I mean, just – it's it's horrible what's going on, and, and this story is horrible. Eric Eric K is probably going to see 20 years. Uh, he's probably never going to see a light of day again. I mean, so it's just – it's sad. It's sad all around uh, for the way the league is transitioned and, and, and drugs. Yeah, listen, I understand with the whole the, – the whole uh, – whatchamacallit again from Cincinnati um, – uh, Pete Rose, Pete, yeah, with Pete Rose and 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 Pete Rose betting on baseball, and, and and we all know the story about Pete Rose and why Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame, and 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 Alex Rodriguez is probably not going to go to the Hall of Fame because of steroids, and and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are off the list now, mm-hmm. and they're never going to the Hall of Fame because of steroids. When you look at the way baseball has handled some of these situations. It's absolute out of all the leagues and all the professional leagues in from basketball, from baseball to hockey and football, this has been the more lackluster of the leagues because the commissioner and I'm not talking about the commissioner now because he's a moron, but yeah. even the commissioner before him, uh, who is in the Hall of Fame, he's in the Hall of Fame, but George Steinbrenner isn't. So he's the one that allowed steroids to go on for what it was and, and the way baseball was handled at the time that it was. So uh, baseball is just, you know, it's a, to me, baseball has just not been at the top of, you know, uh, at the top of its game really for the last 30 years. There it, is a sense of hypocrisy with everything in baseball right now. Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame who was conflicting and doing di- different, giving different punishment to steroids guys, yet Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, two of the greatest players of all time, even without steroids, David Ortiz, are not in the Hall of and Fame. And David Ortiz, who did do steroids, is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, figure that, figure that one out. Then you're judging a case of they've had scandals with a lot of other things over the years. Think about the, the Black Sox scandal. Think about all the things Ty Cobb was doing when he was playing. To all the things with Pete Rose with the betting. Pete Rose has his own section in the Hall of Fame, yet he couldn't, that, yet, yet he can't have his own ceremony to get in as the yep. all, as the all-time MLB hits leader. Yep. He still. So then you're dealing with that. And then you're also now who dealing should be absolutely in the Hall of Fame. Who now you're also dealing with a case of now all these different types of drugs that have been administered and there's going to be more of them because of modern medicine, because of science and also because of all these baseball players, they come from all these different countries now that you don't know what's being administered there. They're not going to be able to monitor everything like that, too. I was talking about yesterday with Robinson Cano. Like, all the things Robinson Cano got caught with, I never even heard of. Like, are, are they even administered here? And then when he got suspended for the 80 games, then he ended up going to the Mets, and now he's had, he stinks over there, too. Mm-hmm. Then all that stuff. There's going to be more of those types of cases, too. And now you have a, a, a guy that's not even – he wasn't even a coach. He was a communications director, mm-hmm. Eric Kay. 
giving Matt Harvey, Tyler Skaggs, Blake Parker, Kevin Bedrosian, you know, all pitchers, and then C.J. Crone was their first baseman at the time, D.H., uh, when Pujols played first. They, all those guys got those kind of jobs, you know, it's so too. interesting. It's so interesting from that. And Sean Payton only got uh, – Sean Payton from the, the Saints only got suspended for one year. Could you believe that? Mm-hmm. Now, this guy's going to go to jail. Now, obviously, nobody died from, from the dr- drugs. And Sean Payton was popping Vicodins like crazy. And yep. then the scandal, what do they, they call it? Uh, what was the gate? To the, uh, oh, you know, Bounty Gate. Bounty Gate. Uh, he got suspended for that. But, uh, I mean, when you hear somebody die from a drug overdose, and it wasn't just doing drugs. He was drinking on it. He was doing all this other stuff on it. It wasn't just one drug. He was doing highs and lows and you know, it usually stops your heart. But And he was a young player. I think Tyler Skaggs died. Yeah, he was 27. 27. Yeah, 27, 28. Mm-hmm. So he was a kid when he died. So his heart gave out. So he was, he was doing this probably for years. It wasn't just with the Angels. It probably wasn't – he wasn't just getting it from Eric Kay. But Eric Kay obviously is going to get thrown under the bus, and he's going to be – the fingers are going to be pointed at him because of the fact that it happened under his watch. Now we also wonder, we know the Angels have been dysfunctional in the baseball area of things, but now you wonder if there's potentially some other cover-ups that could be in that front office, too. Who's the coach there? Who's the manager? Mike Sosha at the time. And that why was his last year in the league. And why isn't Mike Sosha being looked at right now? He has to be. This is very similar to a lot of the college coaches that get investigated with the assistant coaches most of the time and the head coaches end up coming How, how are you a manager of a team and you don't know that your pitchers and your players are doing something? something uh, with, with everything going on. And you're the one who hired Eric Kay, mm-hmm. okay? You're the one that hired him. So how do you not know, and how do you, how do you throw it under the rug? I mean, seriously, these players are doing these kind of prescriptions and doing these drugs, and, and they're not the same players. I mean, Matt Harvey saw, talks about it, that he was doing it in the, the dugout. He was, right. he was popping pills in the dugout. I mean... Seriously. And who knows how many of the other locations he was doing it in, too. It could have not been just with the Angels. It could have been with the Mets before that. It could have been with the Reds when he went over there from the Mets. It could have been with the Orioles. There could have been even other spots that now that he know that they were administered or he was stashing them, there could have been a lot more, too. And who knows if if he's ever been the not, – not obviously, we know he hasn't been the same as a pitcher, but even just mentally, too, if he's ever been the same when it comes to just getting that mindset back from a recovery standpoint. And – how many of those other guys could have been covering up? I don't know if every player would have known about it, but I would imagine there's definitely signs when you see Skaggs behaving that way. Yep. I, it's not something you could just easily hide if you're just from a physical standpoint, if you're doing all those kinds of drugs. So maybe the teammates were concerned at that time, but how many front office members would have known the ownership any of us thought the baseball executives. You can't hide that, anyways. I, it's very no, hard to hide I, something. I was going like to say that. that many drugs, that much of an overdose. You have to be. You have to figure out. Oh, who's who's getting involved in this? Who's having Eric Kay administer all this? You're right. Maybe Eric Kay is part of some kind of other type of scheme that we don't know about. Maybe it's somebody that's not even with the Angels anymore. For all we know, maybe it's it's something that Mike Sosha retired right right after that year too. That definitely sounds suspicious. And a lot of the other coaching staffs that Joe Madden didn't bring back, they haven't gotten other jobs since too. So who knows who could get tied into all that? Uh, Speedy, you forgot to give me the underwear. 
But uh, I, I have the underwear. No, I'm going to do it next week because there's no reason. It's We're in the middle of the show. I, I, I didn't want to give it to you also because you just had your booster, too. I figured. figured well, what the hell does that mean? I, I don't know. I figured you might, I don't know. You figured you want to be a little more upbeat and not uh, humiliate yourself today. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> anybody that's had the vaccination or any of the shots, I, I mean, it, it definitely it really weakens you. And my bones, my muscles for, for the whole day, I've been – so drained, so drained throughout the day, trying to get back to normability. So um, I'm hoping that by tomorrow I'll be back to normal. But uh, it's horrible the way it made me feel. Horrible, it really is. It, it's not not something that I wish upon anybody. I felt like you know today I, I couldn't even stand on my two feet for like five six hours. I, I didn't want to get out of my bed. It's horrible, and I didn't eat anything all day until tonight. Wow. So I, I had nothing. So uh, John also says uh, Josh Hamilton, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> Snug says I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me, Marilyn Manson. Nah, that doesn't sound like David Ortiz with a winking icon. John says Manny Ramirez. Snug says I don't know. It's always good to have a dealer on the inside. Well, who's the doctor prescribing these drugs? It's not street stuff. Mm. And John says take Viagra, you'll be back to normal. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Well, John, thank you for the information. Maybe I'll I'll look into that. <laughs> As you get older, you know, it, it, you get a little drained. But uh, again, um, hopefully tomorrow I'll feel a little bit better. But uh, you know, it, it's definitely not something I wish upon anybody. We're gonna go to a quick break. When we come back, where the rest of the show is all NFL, all NFL. Tom Brady. Uh, there are stories coming out that he he could come back. He might play one more year, and there are three or four landing spots where he could go. Uh, there were stories coming out from New Orleans in, with the Saints uh, that they were going to possibly poof, pursue Aaron Rodgers. Now there are stories coming out there's no way in hell they're doing that. There's a lot to go and a lot to talk about with the NFL when we come back here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Harrison takes it up the butt. <laughs> oh, gonna smack him in the face. Oh my god. Ginobili wanna be a mace. Uh, whatever that made sense. I didn't get a little, little uh, we got over here. Anyways, this is Sports Loudmouths. As you know, I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. No Tyler Harrison, uh, the Duff, aka I wanna smack the crap out of the Duff. He is not here. Uh, he must be losing more hair. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, well, well. Uh, you know what's so funny? We were talking about the LA Rams yesterday, and they had their parade, and uh, there are stories coming out that they want to get all the players back together again. And uh, Von Miller said the other day at the um, at the parade that Von Miller said that Aaron Donald and him will return to the Rams together next year. So it, it's very interesting. I don't know how the Rams bring Von Miller back. Uh, Von Miller is going to want an extensive amount of money. Uh, I think they're 
way over the salary cap, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I and mean, they have like uh, they're going to lose like twelve of their guys. So, so, so I don't know how they bring Von Miller back unless Von Miller takes a huge pay cut. Um, but if this is true, if Von Miller comes back and Odell Beckham comes back, he's going to miss the whole year. I, are the L.A. Rams one of the favorites again to come out of the NFC? And I would say yes. I, I think they're right there. I mean, there, there's a couple of there's a couple of pieces, and there's a couple of things they might need to do to to uh, repeat. I don't think they repeat anyways next year because yeah, it's hard in the NFC. Yeah. So, uh, but then again, we've seen crazier things. Uh, but I, I mean, it's so interesting when you look at the L.A. Rams and, and what the L.A. Rams did this year, and Matthew Stafford, who Seemed very, very confident at the at the parade and, and very uh, energetic and, and saying that they want to bring another championship home to L.A. and how the fans have been very, uh, you know, very special to him. And uh, being that he's from L.A., it was a very special thing to bring a championship home to L.A. L.A. hasn't seen a championship really. When was the last time L.A.? The L.A. Rams never won a championship. The Rams' only championship was St. Louis. Right. So it, – I don't think L.A. has ever won a championship. So to bring the first championship home to L.A. uh, is very special. But uh, I think that when you look at – what is it John Suggs saying? Uh, John is saying that they are $10 million in the red, so over the salary cap right now. Uh, John, they're pending free agents right now. Von Miller, Darius Williams, another one, Sony Michelle, Austin Corbett. Odell Beckham. The rest are all kind of like throw in, throwaway players. A lot of them are They can't sign contracts. all four of those guys. Yeah, they're not going to be able to afford all, all – definitely not afford all four of those guys. Maybe Von Miller if they want to bring Von Miller back. Uh, but you're not going to – Odell Beckham, unless Odell Beckham takes a um, – they offer Odell Beckham $2 million this year and give him an extended uh, – because he's going to miss the whole year next year. Right. He's not playing next year torn ACL uh, with the same knee. So he, he's going to miss a full year. He might be back for the playoffs. Uh Maybe, uh, but and I know Randy Wood is coming back from a torn ACL. He missed the whole season, so I mean, do they need Odell Beckham? Probably yeah, the, not. They they, sh- they shouldn't really need him per se. It's just a matter of he. Play- I think Randy Wood is a better fit to the offense. Well, yeah, Robert Woods has been there for the last I five. Mean, yeah, Robert Woods. Robert sorry. Woods has been there the Randy last five Woods. years. So yeah, he's obviously more of the more comfortable with that offense too, and it's also possible too that. Between Van Jefferson and all the receivers they drafted the last three years, too, that they can move off of one of them, too. Robert Woods is the older guy, too, that he's kind of more of a security blanket type thing at this point, where Van Jefferson, obviously Cooper Cup of the year he had, but even Van Jefferson, too, really developed his game a lot more. And Robert Woods is kind of thought of as just that uh, short route slot receiver type guy now. So the question is, if they want to bring back Odell, is he another piece that maybe they could try to trade too? Because he's not making a lot of money, but he still has a decent contract where if they want to bring back some of those offensive linemen. Well, he's free agent this year. Okay, so that... he They gave him 700 and some thousand dollars. And he put it all to Bitcoin, and he lost most of it. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so well, if they do want to bring him back, though, there's going to be another incentive to either, either try to move these other receivers or get another guy to take a pay cut or something like that. Because Cup got a... Cup got a contract at the time that was pretty big, but now with the way he played this year, it doesn't look like as bad of a contract getting $17.5 million a year that he got. So if they want to bring some of those guys back, somebody, some of these other players are going to have to reduce their contracts. Now, Whitworth, if he retires, that'll be some, that'll be some money lost too. And some of the older... I heard he might play next year. He might, he might come back next year. Uh, after winning a championship, he might be hungry for another one. So we'll see. I, I think that this team... 
uh, still built to win. Now, I, I, Sean McVeigh doesn't have to win. I, and I said this. Sean McVeigh doesn't have to win for the next two years, and he's going to keep his job. He had to win this one. It was very important for him to win this one, especially with all the picks that they sent away. But they have no future, and, and, and that's, the, that's the problem right now. Moving forward for the next three to four years, they, their first and second round picks, and some of them, their third round picks are gone. So they got to find players' needles in a haystack in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eighth rounds, which is not easy to do. Now, we've seen teams do that. Seattle's done it over the years. Even the Rams have done it. Mm -hmm. uh, teams have done it, but it's not as easy as it sounds. So uh, giving up uh, their future doesn't make – obviously, is it worth getting, winning a Super Bowl? I guess you could say it is, sure. especially an organization that's never won before. But uh, to me – Moving forward, you definitely have to project where the Rams are going to be, especially in that division. That's a very hard division to play in. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, is because they've done well with getting some certain positions, offensive line, uh, their middle or field defense with linebackers and safeties, most of those guys have been late-round picks. They're not as much premier positions that they're losing. We know they have their receiver depth no matter if Odell returns or somebody like Robert Woods who has a $15.7 million cap hit next year. Maybe he's the one that maybe they get traded because he didn't have a great year this year with Stafford, so maybe they want to stick with what they have type thing. But a lot of the key positions are in place. The quarterback's in place. The pass rushers are in place. Even if they do lose Von Miller, they still got Leonard Floyd there too. Too, and they drafted a couple of, of good outside rushing type guys. So a lot of the positions that they're Is Leonard weak in, Ford under contract? Yes, he's making twenty million dollars next year. So he's a big cap hit, but he's still young. So if he if he gets better and flourishes into the number one pass rusher he was drafted to be as, then he's definitely then it'll definitely be worth it. He definitely played well in the playoffs. Yeah. So but still, even so, they have at least those core pieces in place were at key positions. It's a passing league. You need receivers, you need quarterback, and you obviously need an offensive line. Now, their offensive line, I wouldn't call it like world-class, but it's still an above-average offensive line, and most of those guys are still in their rookie contracts, too. Rob Havenstein is really the only one that's making a lot of money, and then Whitworth, like we just talked about, 17.6. So, if Whitworth stays, he's their left tackle. If he retires, that's money freed up for something else, too, or maybe a couple more uh, defensive pieces, offensive linemen. Uh, John says, who said Stafford is coming back? Stafford's got one more year on his contract. So he's oh, coming he's back. definitely coming back. Where, where is he going? I mean, they don't have a quarterback, and they don't have draft picks to draft a quarterback mm -hmm. anytime soon. So Matthew Stafford, who's 33 years old, he's, I think he's got a good four or five years left. They're going to extend him. He's going to get an extension next year uh, when uh, – what's his name again? is off the boards. Uh, Jared Goff is off the boards, uh, off their salary cap. So expect Matthew Stafford next year, at the end of next year, to get a contract. But – uh, he's staying there. They're, 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 Matthew Stafford's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. I, I mean, there are there are good quarterbacks that are available this offseason. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson could be available, Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, this is this is probably even Kyler Murray. I mean, this is probably one of the best off-seasons when it comes to franchise quarterbacks that could be available, Speedy. Yeah, definitely is something where the Rams are going to want to kick, stick to the stability, though, with Stafford, John, and that's why I'm saying he's not going he, to go this year. Now, we'll see at the end of the contract, too, because he wants to stay. He seems like he wants to stay in he's L.A. He's from too. L.A. So His family's from there. We'll see also how their cap situation is into 2023 as well, because if Stafford doesn't care about the money, he might want to take the pay cut, too. But then... If the he's Rams not taking no pay cut, uh, maybe not, but maybe not a significant. And they're one. not going to give him a pay cut. He 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 won a Super Bowl for your team and your organization. They're going to give him an extension. He's going to make about thirty million dollars a year. 
And it also depends on where their other the not rest forty, of, but thirty. The rest of their cap is yeah. No, he's he's too old to make forty at this point, unfortunately for him. But still, where their cap is going to be is going to make a difference. But yeah, the other quarterbacks that could be available for them, and there there could be even more that maybe if they do end up trying with their other teams and it still doesn't work, they could be even available next offseason too. So somebody like Kyler Murray is a polarizing one. If the Cardinals, maybe they, have, maybe they have to pay him, maybe they have no choice but to pay him now, or they trade him, then there's another vacancy available, and also Kyler Murray could become available. And also, what if Kyler Murray gets traded and the other team doesn't want to pay what he wants to do? We don't know how demanding he ends up being, because he's a young quarterback too, that he's going to want that kind of right on the cusp of $40 million if he could stay healthy. Now, if he can't, he's not going to get that. He's going to get in the 30s with the way the quarterbacks are. But the veteran quarterbacks, too, are definitely interesting as well. Remember, a big incentive of the Rams trading for Matthew Stafford as well is to keep him away from the 49ers. Could the 49ers make another move for that kind of thing Mm -hmm. if they trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Because that'll free up a lot of cap for them, too. There's there's always been rumors of Aaron Rodgers, but they don't have the draft picks for that right now. Also been rumors for Tom Brady. Yes, there are. Plenty of rumors for Tom Brady. And now the Buccaneers are all also in uh, in rumors for Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. So if Tom Brady does somehow unretire, he's not coming back to the Buccaneers. From no. what it seems like uh, there are stories coming out that he'd be interested in coming coming out of retirement for certain specific teams. And I think the 49ers are definitely the lead team, uh, being that he's fr- he grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan. Uh, his favorite quarterback uh, was the, the uh, and we all know who Joe Montana the original is. Joe Cool. Yes, so. I do believe that if Tom Brady decides to come out of retirement, I don't know if he is. I doubt he is. But uh, he definitely could be persuaded, uh, especially the 49ers who are ready built to win a championship. They really are. I mean, if they get a quarterback like Tom Brady uh, with the weapons that they have, uh, wide receivers, running backs, and even tight ends, obviously one of the best tight ends in, in the league, and George Kittle, I mean, why wouldn't Tom Brady want to come back and play for San Francisco and have a chance to win a championship? They haven't won a championship since Joe Montana and Steve Young. Mm-hmm. So why not Tom Brady come out? Now, Tom Brady is not going to go to Green Bay. I, that's not going to happen. I, I mean, I could only see Tom Brady coming back for one team. Yeah, it seemed like it was gonna, if he was going to come back, it was going to be a franchise tag with the Bucs, but that obviously didn't happen. And now with the Bucs now interested in these other guys, it seems inevitable. They're not getting Russell Wilson. I, I don't think they are either, but it seems like Deshaun gonna, Watson seems more likely. Yeah, just because they, they, just because the Buccaneers are in a, in a spot right now where they, like the Rams too, are, are right on the brink of the salary cap. I think they have a little bit more money than the Rams do, but it's not by much. Where they're going to have to make that kind of thing work. Now they have the draft picks, like unlike the Rams, to make that kind of trade too. But they also Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's not going to be as pricey with the way his stock has fallen, too. Plus, you're dealing with the Texans, who've been mm-hmm. just a dumbfounded organization with everything. So, not that, not that Seattle's made great trades, either. Nope. But they're at least, for eight years, are pretty stable when it comes to like making good decisions with that team. And this, the Texans, when they make trades, uh, who knows what's going to happen with that. And the Buccaneers, who've built another good team. Jason Light's gotten better as a GM too. Might be able to fleece the Texans for that kind of thing too. But in terms of the Tom Brady, I think if it was going to happen, it was going to happen already with the franchise tag. Yes, and I, I think Tom Brady, he, he's not coming back. Anybody that thinks he's coming back, it, it's it's it, it's crazy to think that. Now, Aaron Rodgers going to the Titans, that, I mean, that definitely had, uh, you know, that, that definitely was growing, uh, being that he bought a house in Tennessee. But uh, there are stories coming out, uh, particular Terrell uh, Dave is coming out and saying that he has an insider that believes that uh, 
that there's only one place that Aaron Rodgers wants to go, and that's the Broncos. Um, and I, I could believe that. I've been talking about this for over two years, uh, that if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Green Bay Packers, he would fit over there in Denver, being that Tom, Manning is living there still, and Manning will definitely reach out to him. Uh, Pete Manning really relinquished his career when he went over there and almost won a Super Bowl uh, in New York. Uh, obviously, he fell short against the uh, Seattle Seahawks in New York uh, and uh, had had a great career. And, and by the way, did win a Super Bowl, uh, even though he wasn't a big part of it. But he won a Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers. And I think when you look at where Aaron Rodgers is in his career, I just don't know if Green Bay is the place he wants to stay at. I think if you didn't, if you didn't grasp and listen to his MVP um, speech, it's pretty much. I told you guys this yesterday. It was more. Um, I had a good time here. Goodbye, kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, thanking everybody, thanking the fans, thanking the coaches. Taking this kind of thing, I I, I cannot see uh, Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay. I just can't. Uh, Snoke says Tom Brady to the Titans. No, uh, probably not. I thought that two years ago when he initially was a free agent, that was where he was going to go. But it doesn't seem as likely now. I mean, yeah. there's only one team. There's only one team he'd come back for. I'm telling you guys this right now. It, the San Francisco 49ers are the only team. He always wanted to play there. He grew up a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. He's a huge Joe Montana fan. And, and, and again, I'm going to say it. The 49ers have not won a Super Bowl in over 20-some-odd years. So if Tom Brady can bring home a championship for a third team, could you imagine that? I, I mean – no quarterbacks, no quarterbacks ever won with multi, with two teams. Then again, multiple teams, Super Bowls. Tom Brady will be the first person to win two, three Super Bowls with three different teams if he did that. Yeah, I don't even many individual players have done that. Nevertheless, quarterbacks. How many teams? How many players get bumped around? We see players like Deion Sanders win it with two teams, and Charles Haley won it with two teams, and all that. But now, how many individual players win it with three teams? Is you don't see it very often, in especially in football. Uh, John says Rogers spoke broke up with his yep, fiance, we so I could definitely see him moving. Yeah, well, we knew he was going to break up with her. I, I it just didn't work, and I, I heard that he was very controlling. And nobody knows the story, but everybody is going to throw him under the bus because everybody hates Aaron Rodgers. So we we don't know the whole true story on why him and his fiance broke up. But again, I, does that change his thoughts or where he's going? Absolutely. I I. The fact that he was with his fiance, I didn't think he was going to stay in Green Bay. His fiance is from L.A. She lives in L.A. He wants to be closer to home. He just bought a house in San Francisco. I think it was San Francisco or somewhere on the outskirts of San Francisco. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to stay in, you know, in Green Bay anymore. I think his plan is to move more out west where he is closer to what he wants to do. Maybe running Jeopardy in the future. Yeah, Who knows? Right. You know? Yeah, he's going to want to be in some kind of media market, especially – Again, now with the breakup of his girlfriend, obviously that maybe limits it to where like they would have been involved with films and stuff like that, maybe potentially in the future, like we're seeing now with LeBron James and guys like that. But yeah, the Jeopardy thing is still definitely inevitable at some point, whether it's later in his career, whether By it's... the way, John, I know that Manning won two. I mentioned that he yeah, won we Yeah, we mentioned guys won two with like different teams pretty often, but how many how many have won three? I don't I can't think of one off the top of my head that won three because mm-hmm. players don't move around that often. And again, the the dynasties of football at that time, like they won the four stretch. A lot and of let's be honest, the Manning players. had nothing to do with winning that championship. Okay, let's make it honest. Manning, Peyton Manning had nothing to do with why the Broncos won that championship. Nothing. Their running game. 
and and that unbelievable defensive line with uh, you know uh, you know uh, Demarcus Ware, Von Demarcus Miller, Ware, yeah. Von Miller, uh, Wolf. I mean that that line Jackson, and the secondary, yeah. arguably the best secondary in football. Yeah, one of the best threesome of course. Harris yeah. right. and Fuller, right? It was it was, it was Harris, Talib, and Bradley Roby, and, Roby, then, and Roby. then T.J. Ward, a T.J. Ward and Darian Stewart were the safeties. Mm. Yes. Uh, Stuck also says, I think that Aaron Rodgers should hook up with Taylor Swift and neutralize two of the most awful people in the dating pool. Well, Taylor Swift, it's so funny with Taylor Swift. Every time she breaks up with a boyfriend, she writes a song. So she's been, I, I think she's made a living off of breaking up with boyfriends. <laughs> All right, Snug, what do you think? Should, uh, should Taylor Swift and Aaron Rodgers date just to break up and have her write a song about Aaron Rodgers? Mm. <laughs> Would that be something you'd be encouraged by, Snug? It'd be an interesting song. But, go, but sure. going back to the destinations of Rodgers, too, I think he just wants some kind of media landscape because of that. He wants something where he can get more recognition. Green Bay is thought of as this great football culture type thing. The fans run the team. They have all these player shows and uh, interviews and all that stuff. And they have these events where they're riding bikes around Lambeau Field and all that stuff. But it's not really thought of as something to grow your post-career. And now we're seeing that with athletes, whether they become broadcasters, whether they become entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. we've interviewed all these guys that have become so many different things post football that isn't just related to football look at lee bodden lee bodden when we interviewed him was saying he was getting into political landscapes like there's always a different path outside of football for these guys and more of these other athletes are seeing that now with the money opportunities available and aaron Rodgers is going to get ahead on that snug says that denver defense was pretty stout manning was shot putting 15 yard passes Mm -hmm. uh John says, if I was drafting a quarterback of the three, what order would you pick? Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Sam Howell. Go ahead. Ooh. All right. I would go Pickett one just because he's probably the safest prospect and he has the fifth-year senior extra experience. I think I don't love him as much as the Ole Miss kid Corral when he's fully healthy. I think Corral will be more talented, but I think he's a little more raw at the moment. And also the Cincinnati quarterback Ritter, he's probably gonna be more of a second or third round pick, but I think his upside is still good. Um, Malik Willis is interesting because he's got speed. He's got, he's that prototypical RPO running type quarterback, but can wherever he go, can he develop his throwing as a whole too? Cause then, then all of a sudden you might end up with a case where he's like one of those stereotypical college quarterbacks. How I never really liked as much. I think he sometimes forces the ball to the sidelines too much. Very often his running ability is good, but his throwing on the run, I don't think is great. And he's just very inconsistent game to game. I don't love his decision-making. Um, He'll probably go in the first round, late in the first round, but I don't really love him unless a landing spot, unless the landing spot is key, like we've heard all these draft guys say. If he can get coached well enough maybe to stop those decisions, I, I but I worry about him besides that. But I definitely would have Pickett number one. I don't really like the other two. But. I like Corral. Corral's not even on the list. I, mm-hmm. I would have Corral my number one quarterback because I think he has – he has all the ability to be a good quarterback in this league. He won't be drafted in in front of these three guys, but I think he's going to be the best one out of all. Yeah, just because of the injury now, it's going to downgrade his value. The other guy that's getting some hype, too, is because he played well with the senior bowl, it was uh, Carson Strong from Nevada, too. Another guy with a big arm, too. Good mobility from the outside. The kid from Cincinnati can succeed, too, yes. in the NFL. He was my favorite one coming into the year, and now a lot of people are 
fall, putting him down more on draft. He's going to fall in the second round. Reason. He's going to be a steal in the second round. That's what I'm thinking, too, depending on where he ends up going, too. But, uh, John, to answer your question, I'm not as high on Howell as most people. Uh, a lot of people have him as their QB1 or their QB2 right after Corral or Pickett, who mm. seems to be the most popular consensus of that. <laughs> Snuck says, I would love an Aaron Rodgers tell-all song. Mm. Well, he'd, he'd be exposed a lot more in a song, but... How much would uh, Taylor Swift be able to get out of him, Snug? That's for you to determine. Taylor Swift will get a lot out of him. Trust me. He gets a lot out of, she gets a lot out of everybody. And every person she dates, she writes a stupid song about. And she's made millions off of it. So she must be smart in one way or another because she knows how to make the money. Didn't she win awards as a country singer even though she's not a country singer? <laughs> well, she is a country. She's a country pop singer. Okay. So she is a country singer. I mean, you know, it's interesting with Kirk Cousins being available and, and – uh, the Vikings obviously are going to be forced to either give him a, an extension on his contract or they're going to have to trade him. And I, I think Kirk Cousins, which there's a lot of players, a lot of quarterbacks that can fit very, very well with San Francisco. But out of all the quarterbacks, and I, I'll say this again, Kyle Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins. He's the one who drafted him. He's the one who developed him in Washington uh, with his father. I, I think right now, being that Kirk Cousins is sitting there right now, why not bring him as the starting quarterback this this season? You still have Trey uh, – uh, what's his name again? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance is still raw. He's going to be – he's a year away at least to start. Bring Kirk Cousins in, and you could still have a chance. I think he gives you a better chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, if, at this point, you probably have to take some kind of chance like that, too, because Jimmy Garoppolo, when he, when he doesn't have his like basic game, really got exposed in other areas, too. Jimmy Garoppolo... His decision making is pretty good. He's good over the middle of the field, stuff like that. Like he's not he's, he's not a turnover prone quarterback, but sometimes he forces like really when he misses, he misses really bad. Whereas Kirk Cousins, yeah, he's had his prime time woes, he's had his close game woes, but a lot of that this season wasn't like that. The Vikings were in so many close games and usually were high scoring games, so a lot of them weren't Kirk Cousins' faults, even if they lost those kinds of games. So. In essence, you have somebody, Kirk Cousins, that can stretch the field more, maybe get more out of these other receivers that didn't get utilized a lot last year. Debo Samuel had the best, one of the best seasons of any wide receiver, but their other guys really didn't play well. And even with the running back injuries, too, they weren't used as much in the passing game, which Kirk Cousins in Washington used a lot of the running backs in the passing game. And Kyle Shanahan's offense in Washington was predicated around that a lot of the time with Chris Thompson, with Alfred Morris, guys like that. And the Niners have more talented running backs than that. Too. Uh, are you are you surprised that uh, Carlson Wentz could be dropped by Indianapolis? I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's had a, a very good season. I know obviously they, they fell short. It wasn't Carlson Wentz's fault that they completely fell short of the playoffs. I would say no. I mean, if you look at the, the quarterback uh, rating and, and, and touchdowns to interception ratio, I, I think they're pretty damn good. But now you're hearing that they might drop him. They might trade him or let him go. I mean, are you surprised you're hearing this? Frank Wright, who loved him uh, when, the, when the, the Eagles drafted him? Yeah, it's interesting because Kirk, or Carson Wentz was a little more efficient than we've also seen in years past, too. In years past, all right, he had the big arm, he could make big plays, throw on the run, but he always was turnover prone. He always would force it late in the game. This year, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, actually wasn't far behind 
his MVP year. Now, is that, or his almost MVP year where he got hurt. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions that year, and he actually had more passing yards, granted four more games, but more passing yards where that pace was very similar. So it's weird that they're going to just do, do that kind of thing right away unless they think the money is just too much with somebody like Carson Wentz where maybe the Colts have bigger plans with that money because I was mentioning yesterday, the Colts have been that team for the last two years that have always had a top 10 salary cap mm-hmm. and they don't spend a lot of it for whatever reason. They've gotten some good bargains. They've gotten some good trades and I think a lot of the, that coaching staff have really but made Carson those Wentz, players. You're not going to have to pay him a ridiculous amount of money and and right now you just gave up a second and a what did you give up? A now it's a first round pick because he played he played seventy five percent of the. So snaps. you give up a first round draft pick for him and you're going to get rid of him. I, I mean, does that make sense? And he's twenty eight million against the cap this year with a potential out for twenty twenty three. So I guess maybe they're trying to sell high is maybe my guess, but it's still kind of weird that they would just announce that they're going to release him in March. Mm. That is going to diminish a trade value. Now, I wouldn't have been against them trying to explore that kind of thing if maybe the Colts wanted to swing for the fences for another type of another quarterback. Maybe they want Kirk Cousins. Maybe they want another veteran guy. I don't know if they have enough draft picks to get to one of the big guys, but definitely somebody that fits the system like Wentz in Reich's offense with Reich's coaching in comparison to some of the coaching he had in the past with the Eagles. Uh, not that Doug Peterson was bad, but he sometimes would make mistakes anyway. And he felt comfortable and he felt like there was a little sense of stability there. And I'm surprised they would just mm-hmm. revert on that kind of thing kind of quickly. Cause the Colts haven't been that kind of team. The Colts used to be that kind of team. And, People were slamming Ryan Grigson and other past GMs for being that kind of team. They would overpay for offensive linemen or defensive players that didn't work there. They never were able to develop, to draft and develop a lot of those players well. And now the Colts actually draft and develop pretty well, and their GM is reluctant to spend. So now mm. it's kind of weird that they're trying to do some kind of quick fix. Maybe it's for another quarterback we don't know about. Maybe there's a swap that is... Under the radar, maybe it is a Kirk Cousins. Could be Matt Ryan. You gave up a first-round draft pick for Carson Wentz. I mean, who now becomes available, you're going to drop him because you want to save money, and you lose a first. I mean, a first-round draft pick is a high draft pick for Carson Wentz, which, by the way, Carson Wentz didn't even get you in the playoffs. And it wasn't his fault. Uh, He had a good season. I I just think this is a bad move by uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And they don't even know who their quarterback's going to be next year. Yes, they saved $13 million. Are they going to be able to afford a guy like Kirk Cousins? Uh, Is Kirk Cousins that much better than Carson Wentz? He probably is. But, again, the other other question is – being that Wentz was a scheme fit, will Kirk Cousins be able to adapt that quickly? Because remember, his first year in Minnesota, too, was rough uh, trying to adapt to that offense over there. Now, granted, it was also a first-year offensive coordinator they had with, with the Vikings, with Kevin Stefanski at that time, because Pat Shermer went to the Giants and that whole debacle. But still, that will he be able to transition to that kind of thing quickly? Remember, Kirk, uh, it wasn't Kirk Cousins after Kyle Shanahan left that that fell off right away for Atlanta. But his 2016 season had certain stretches like that, too. Mm. So it's a gamble if you're going to take that kind of thing, if it is Kirk Cousins. But if it's not, then I don't know what the logic here is is here for the Colts. There is no logic. Because they don't have the other draft stock unless you're going to trade, like, three other future first-round picks for Russell Wilson. They're going to trade picks from, like, 2024 on for for Russell Wilson or something like that? First of all, we've heard Seattle come out and say that they have no interest in trading Russell Wilson. None whatsoever. Now, I know they could be, you know, just saying that uh, because they want to reevaluate his trade trade worth. But 
to me, you're you're gonna you're gonna have to trade at least three first round draft picks for this guy. I mean, he's a franchise quarterback. He's still fairly young. I, I, I was very surprised he was as young as he is. I think he's 33 years old. He's got a good four or five top-end years left, maybe even longer than that if, they, if he takes care of himself. He's become more of a pocket-present quarterback than a running quarterback, so he definitely can. Uh, and he's one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I, you're going to have to give up a lot for it. I, I think it's a bad move. Whoever makes a trade for Russell Wilson, you're giving up all that stock, and then you got to pay him? I, I mean – that's a that's a double whammy. I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, John also says, "What about Anthony Brown from Oregon? His stats weren't bad. Uh, no, nice try. Uh, no offense, John, but Anthony Brown is what I was describing your stereotypical Malik Willis of the NFL to be, uh, and he's a lot worse than that." Snug says, "She's very talented and bat blank crazy." And John says, "Colts would save thirteen million by cutting Wentz before March nineteenth, twenty-eight million dollar cap next mm-hmm. year." Yeah, but again, twenty-eight million dollars could be a lot worse in comparison to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins getting 45. Now, again, Cousins is better, but is he $17 million better? I don't know about that. Mm. So that's the other question to look at. But going back to Russell Wilson, the Colts really don't have that kind of luxury, so that eliminates that other team. So it might be harder for Seattle to get that kind of trade going because a lot of the other teams that have money are teams that are they going to be willing to take a swing right away. Now, I was mentioning yesterday, our teams are going to try it more often if they think they're close, like what the Rams did, because the Rams have done, did that kind of model. Now, granted, the big market end up helping to the culture that they have there, which these other teams don't have. But are they going to get that kind of offer from a young team that is still maybe in between that might have the money that doesn't have the quarterback in place? Are you in between the, the Are you in between the cheeks? Cheeks. Are you in between the tre- cheeks? Have I you ever I... been in between the cheeks? Between cheeks? Yeah, the cheeks. Have you ever been in between the cheeks? Uh, no. Would you want to be in between the cheeks? I doubt it. Why? What's wrong with being in between the cheeks? Uh, cheek. If you're referring to uh, cheeks in the lower body or cheeks in the upper body, none of them really have benefits. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about those cheeks. You know, I'm smacking those cheeks, you know? Well, speaking of smack, we'll smack Tyler's ghost again. <laughs> There we go. Uh, Tyler's <laughs> Tyler's soul. I mean, it's probably up his ass right now as we speak. I mean, uh, who's probably hanging out and drinking his uh, strawberry henny somewhere? Uh, and he's really not home. He's. What did he text us today? What was the text? Oh, the exact text message. Yeah, from, give, us, from, give us the text. From Tyler Harrison. Uh, not there. It was, hey, guys, I've been sick all day. I can't come tonight. Mm. So, translation, he had some kind of really bad hangover after mm. his uh, his work thing yesterday would mm-hmm. be the best uh, guess yeah. on that. No, that's what I... Uh, now, that's he, what he's I, usually off Thursdays, too, so he probably went harder. <laughs> Who knows? But It's a cracky you-know-what. You know, I, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some parts of it to, to not believe in that. No, a lot of things that Tyler says I don't believe. I mean, Tyler just made an excuse, and he hasn't been. But I'll just let everybody know this. If Tyler's not here, if Tyler doesn't show up for both shows next week, he will no longer be on this show. That's that. That's the facts. Okay, so Jeff, uh, Jeff's pre- preparing the parade now as we speak. I, so I'm just letting everybody know this: if Tyler does not show up next week for both shows, he will no longer be on the Sports Lab Notes because I am not going to tolerate uh, him deciding at the last minute for the last two days not to show up uh, when he should have been here. Okay, and it, it, that's an excuse. Uh, I understand that he's he's. I've been look. I I I've been dozing off on this show right now. Throughout this show, I've been sick all day, and I'm still here 
doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I don't make any excuses. I'm here. I've had surgery. I've had hip surgery. The next day I was on the show. I, when I had neck surgery, the next day I was on the show. I mean, I never made an excuse. And I had surgeries. I had neck surgery. They opened up my neck, my throat. They told me my voice was cracking. I was here the next day doing a show. Wow. You know? Tyler, I'm not feeling very good. I can't make it. Yeah, okay, dude. Yeah, how about how about kissing my ass? How's that sound? <laughs> John says Giants trading Daniel Jones for Wentz. LOL. Could happen. Uh, I, it's, too much, it. it's too much money to risk right now. I think not that Wentz is bad. It's just the Giants need so much. They're not so going to trade Daniel Jones. The Giants need so much. They're not a quarterback away for that kind of thing. Mm. And uh, he's down the street drinking a Shirley Temple with his pinky out, wearing his pink flip flops. Probably. I mean, let's be honest. I mean. D- d- he has made more excuses for the times, and 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 how do you not know that your 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 job has like something going on? And you you knew this an hour before the show, an hour before the show. Come on, I, what do you think? I'm stupid. You think I don't understand what you're doing? You you went out to party, uh, you were doing something with your friends or something like that, and you just um, I'm not facetiming him because I'll I'll just get even more pissed off. You know. <laughs> He's nope. probably he's probably not even sick. I guarantee you, he's probably out and about doing whatever he's doing. He just a Tyler, you know, and I, I I'm not going to throw a Tyler under the bus. That's not what I'm trying to do. But when you're you have an obligation to be here every week, Wednesdays and Thursdays, you wanted to be a part of this. You wanted I offered you an opportunity to do your own show. Your own show. You didn't want to do it. You wanted to be with us. You wanted to work with us. And you you for. Back-to-back days, you made an excuse. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. it it's, it's, I don't care what you say, and I can't wait to see him tomorrow. I'm going to tell him, I don't buy it. I don't believe you're sick. If, you're gonna show, if he shows up to work tomorrow and I see him at work tomorrow, I am not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this right now. I will tell him straight out, dude, you didn't make it to back-to-back shows, and you made an excuse after an excuse. You went out. Let's be honest. You went out drinking with the people that you work with one night, and then the next night, you're too busy that you got so messed up that you couldn't even go. You couldn't even come in the next night, and then you made an excuses. But you know what? I, I know a lot of people that would probably rather him not be here. But uh, I-, I wanted him here. I want him to learn, and him not being here really affects the show. You're getting just preparing the parade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, um, what else? Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know. I think with Deshaun Watson, you kind of wonder uh, what some of these organizations are going to do this offseason. Now, I do believe he'll become more available this offseason. I think teams will absolutely take a chance with him. You're not going to have to give up as much for him, especially with the civil case that he has open. It's not going to hold him off playing next year. But remember, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two full years. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since Deshaun Watson's thrown a football. I mean – I still think he's one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. Uh, before he got hurt, he I, I would say he was a top-five quarterback. Um, him missing the two years the way he has, I think it definitely teams are af- absolutely – now, you're going to have to give up at least a first-round draft pick. Yeah, I bet at this point, it's probably only one. <laughs> this, this probably rate. one in a three. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say one in a three or one in a four would get 
Deshaun Watson in your, uh, you know, in your hands. But and that'll up the teams that'll be able to want to do that, especially if other quarterbacks get moved too, veteran type quarterbacks. Well, it, they can absolutely. If somebody offers them one and four, you could probably get a one and a two or a one and a three for them. But right, if, especially if those teams are in the same division or in the mm-hmm. same conference that may end up trying to one up them. But you're not going to get two number ones for Deshaun Watson because he's been out too long. Yeah, plus all the teams that have the multiple first-round picks are the Eagles. And I the still Gen- think the, the landing spot for him is Miami. I still think he's going to go to Miami. Miami Miami's only first-round pick is the Niners pick, which is number 30 right now. So we'll see if Houston, if they want to get a first-round pick, are they going to want to take on one that late, too? So they might have to give up a little extra. Now Miami, I would has- just trade the pick and, and bring in Deshaun Watson. No, if you're Miami, you absolutely would. I'm just saying, if you're if you're the Texans, are you going to do that first, like just to get him now, or or get him, get a first round pick now, or try to explore even more options? Wait for the rest of these quarterback chips to fall because there's a lot of other veterans that could be traded. Uh, the the Vikings and, and the Buccaneers have both expressed interest in Deshaun Watson now. And again, there's going to be other guys. There's going to be other spots that end up getting open now. If one of the other teams that we were mentioning yesterday, the Steelers, teams like that, don't get Kyler Murray, or the even if Kyler Murray gets traded, then the Cardinals become open again. That's going to be a desirable location. Is that where so. everybody's saying Kyler Murray would go if he if he? I, I know, I know, we were saying it yesterday. I, I, it's not a team. He never mentioned any specific teams. He just mentioned he was frustrated. I with say the Pittsburgh drafts Pickett. That's why I think they're going to. Yeah, do we, yeah, yeah. I know you we were saying that for the last two months when they had all the draft guys on too. But there will be other vacancies open. So if Miami is the other, t- if Miami is still the favorite to get him because they were the favorite to get him two months ago, they still might have to push a little extra just because now their first round pick is a lot later. It was weird thinking that because the Niners at the be- in the middle of the season were just an average team. So I think, oh, the Miami pick will be 15. All right, they can make that kind of thing work along with some other first round picks mm-hmm. or second round picks at the time because Deshaun Watson's price tag was up there. Now all of a sudden if you're Miami, it doesn't look as good the circumstance you're in. Not not to mention all the stuff that happened uh, with the Brian Flores situation. Right. Is Deshaun Watson going to want to get involved in that? Nope. With that ownership? I don't know about that because D- D- Brian Flores was a huge reason at the time for wanting him wanting Miami over some of the other teams he was rumored to, too. So now he escapes the situation in the Texans, too, where the McNair family, uh, Cal McNair and his, his father that passed away a couple of years ago, yep. were involved in all those uh, those racist things that they were saying and uh, was happening behind the scenes that other players were criticizing, guys like DeAndre Hopkins at that time. So does he really want to deal with that kind of thing with an old school ownership again in Miami? So they might have to pay a little extra in order to do it now, especially not having that higher level first round pick. Um, Sug says, what about Murray to Atlanta? I, I think it, it could be a good fit with Atlanta. And I, I remember uh, now that Matt Ryan will be available this offseason, I think he is a free agent. This is the first time Matt Ryan becomes available. I, I think there's a lot of teams, like the, the the Giants could be a team where Matt Ryan could go right there. He's a veteran quarterback that still has a lot left. He played well last year. I I forgot that Matt Ryan is going to be available. Another quarterback that has has been an MVP and still has a little bit left in his tank. I, I think Matt Ryan to Washington would be a great fit. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting one. Now, he has the same kind of case with Kirk Cousins. His last year on his contract making $48.6 million. So a team would have to be able to take that on. But Atlanta, what's interesting about them is they actually – they were kind of like the Saints were a couple years ago where they were really tight against the cap and had to cut a lot of those veteran players that were on their team that lost in the Super Bowl. But now they only have four other players outside of Matt Ryan that are making double digits. Grady Jarrett, Jake Matthews, Calvin Ridley, who also is on the trade block too, and Deion Jones. Mm-hmm. So 
could Kyler Murray, if he does ends up getting traded over there, maybe that's an incentive for Ridley to stay for one thing. The other thing too is they're going to get rid of Matt Ryan's contract. Kyler Murray's is going to be less than that too. You're not. I mean, you might get forty eight million dollars in certain years of a, of a potential young quarterback contract, but it's not going to be forty eight million per year where he can, they can even backload that too. And remember, they're also one of the teams that was thought of at the beginning of the season to be one of the worst five worst teams in the NFL, and they actually. Were competitive. They were good in close games. They were seven and ten, which is probably a lot better than they expected. And they hung tough in a lot of games too. So they're definitely on good upside for a young team. We're probably going to end the show at eleven thirty tonight. Uh, there's no reason to bring it to twelve o'clock. We, we, if we had a guest, uh, we were expecting Jimmy Smith, but uh, uh, Jimmy Smith is probably not going to come on tonight. But we'll, we'll get him on. I know a lot of fans would like to hear the interview with us and Jimmy, but. Uh, uh, being that uh, we don't have a guest tonight uh, and no Tyler, uh, we'll probably end the show in in probably twenty minutes. Yeah, so it looks like you're flopping at uh, fleas or something. There you go. There you, go. you almost you, you almost dropped the mic and you almost had a heart attack. You know, I had to go a little harder. Would you sit on the mic? Would you? You know, why would I sit on the mic? I, I mean, could you? Think I'm not. You, I'm not attempting to. Have you ever tried to talk out of your ass? Have you ever tried to do that? What do you mean, like people like? Playing around with their butt cheeks or whatever. Yeah, you think you could talk out of your ass? No, no, no. I uh, no, I don't think I would be able to do that. I, I no, that doesn't sound like it. I think you could. I really think that you could. The, the, you know, the question is, uh, the way you could talk out of your ass. Maybe when you fart, you could talk out of. Well, yeah, okay, but <laughs> I think a lot of people could do it at that rate. I, I think it would be very interesting. To see it. So, so what quarterback do you think, out of all the quarterbacks we were just talking about, who do you think is most likely to be on the move? I think for two for two reasons. Kirk Cousins, just because I think the up upside of his year, because he had a nice year this year, and also the new incentive of teams to to, to make that kind of leap where Cousins as a statistical quarterback and in game looked a lot better. The Vikings didn't lose a lot of these games because of Cousins, and because of the 49ers missing out because they really didn't have a quarterback that could stretch the field very well with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just more of a basic quarterback. I could definitely see that kind of move happening too. I also think Russell Wilson will end up being traded. I know he wants to stay with Seattle, but I, I really think they're, those teams are just at arms right now where I think there will be a team available to give that kind of pick. And we've also seen Seattle too purge so much. DK Metcalf could be on the move too. And all the guys on weapons hot want DK Metcalf to the jets. No, no, no. (laughs) What the hell are they thinking? Why do they want DK Metcalf? I don't want DK Metcalf. I I, I was saying Calvin Ridley would probably be a better fit for them too. But nevertheless, if DK, I don't don't want any of them. I I want to draft a wide receiver. You just want to draft a wide receiver. Wilson. I'd go after Wilson from Ohio state. I think Garrett Wilson would be good. Be a good fit for the jets. Why go after somebody's used goods? But even so, going back to the Seahawks, though, there might be uh, come to a point where they're trading a lot of those core pieces all at once. If Russell Wilson stays and DK Metcalf gets traded, then Russell Wilson can get frustrated again. All of a sudden, there goes his stock for a lot of it, too. Because the more a player demands out, like we were saying with the Nets and the Sixers with the, with the Ben Simmons trade and the James Harden, once players demand they want out, it's going to drop the value down. Right. And Seattle, I think, is a... They're not notoriously. They made some bad trades with the with the Jets and those uh, yep. a lot of the other players that they did. But in terms of the stability of the organization, with different 
coaches different eras of football, they've been pretty good in the 21st century. So I think they're going to be ahead of the curve a little bit when it comes to trying to get this new trend going. Now, they were more of a team that was going to keep those players, kept the core together for a while. They tried to make it work, and it it had a good, nice six-year stretch where they were a good team. But now they have to realize that this is the evolution of the game. And they realized that quickly at that time, too, after their 2006 Super Bowl. So I think they're going to be able to make that kind of thing work with Russell Wilson now. I think he's most likely of the bigger name core quarterbacks to get traded. Watson, we still got to wait on the Aaron cases. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers seems inevitable. I think just with the stubbornness of the Packers organization, it's going to make it harder. I think Seattle's a little more, I guess, opportunistic when it comes to certain mm-hmm. things, whether it's for the good or for the bad, like we saw with Jamal Adams, who regressed since he got there. They're at least more, I guess, willing to bring in those big names. Green Bay's not really like that. Like, Seattle's homegrown, but they'll, they'll bring in flashy guys after that. Green Bay's never really Did been like that. Did you see what that. John just wrote? Someone you all... Uh, didn't mention is uh, been rumored Baker. I don't know what his value is though, John. That's the thing. I think the the Browns, unless they can swing something for a big name quarterback right now, I don't. There's think... no quarterbacks in the draft that is is valued to remember Baker. It was the number one pick in the draft a couple of years ago. Yeah, they're in a tough spot with that kind of thing where they they have so much talent on that roster. They're not trading him. Where. Nobody wants them. No, and <laughs> they have so much talent on that roster, and they don't have a lot of draft picks left. They're just kind of in like the basic draft pick scenario. Could you imagine when we talk about draft picks? Look how many draft picks that the Browns had first round draft picks over the years, and they still haven't won a Super Bowl. They've been to one playoff appearance. Just, just look at it. Look at what they have. all those draft stock that they have. Miami. Look at all the draft stock they've had over the years, the last couple of years, and where they've been over the last couple of years. I mean, you talk about the teams that are just fully loaded with the. When we remember when we were talking about Miami had like five or six first round draft picks in the next three years, and and everybody thought they, there's no way that this team is not going to be good. And then you look at the team right now; they've got all these problems. But uh, yeah, uh, John says, or Jeff says you don't gotta give Baker enough credit. Again, we're not saying that Baker is like washed up or anything. We're just saying because of his injury, because of the shoulder surgery. And he's coming off a very weird year. And the Browns as a whole are coming off a weird year, too. I don't think they really have a choice right now but to hang on to him, at least to try him out. If they maybe he plays a little better and they don't want to pay him the money that he wants, then there might be some value to trade him at that point before the trade deadline. I just don't know if it's an offseason move. The fans hate him. Uh, the, there are certain players in that locker room that don't really like Baker. I mean, there were stories coming out. The reason why Odell wanted out of there was everybody says, oh, Baker and him we had a good relationship. If so, why, why was Odell wanting to get out of there? It, it doesn't – and then his father talking about Baker. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I, I like Baker Mayfield. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of his. but And, yes, he had, a, he had a shoulder problem all season long. He's a tough SOB. No question that he is, uh, especially playing with that shoulder problem. Baker Mayfield – is not, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I just I, I can't see him. If he was a franchise quarterback, we would have known it already. He's been in the league for over four years. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen was drafted in the same draft. He's a franchise quarterback. Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP, I don't know if he he the, the jury's still out on him, but yeah. he's 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 more of a franchise quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Right. I I mean Baker Mayfield is just. He's not a franchise quarterback. Baker Mayfield doesn't have the one special trait of any type of young quarterback that you see. Mahomes and Allen, you know, they have the arm strength. Joe Burrow with the leadership, his his ability to. Justin Herbert, same kind of thing. 
Baker Mayfield really doesn't have that kind of trait. Yes, he did well with the Browns in his rookie season, elevated them to a near-winning season that they haven't had in a long time. And now, again, with the Browns... He's one play away from going to the AFC title. I know, and I remember because I had the upset in that game and I was annoyed it almost happened. But yeah, they now they're so close to the talented roster. And then Baker, it looks good in that 2020 season, then they regress this year. Mm-hmm. And now Jeff is on the phone. <laughs> Jeff, what's going on, man? Yo, you guys really don't give Baker Mayfield enough credit because here's the problem with what you're doing. First of all, it's a non-throwing, it's a non-throwing shoulder injury. The injury is not going to be a big deal, right? And you're trying to compare him to Josh Allen. You know what major advantage Josh Allen has had over Baker Mayfield? He's only had one coach. How many coaches has Baker had? Three in four years. That doesn't help either, right? So it everyone's blaming Baker. It's not a Baker Mayfield issue. And the other thing people get on him about too, is, you know, his poor play this year. Did he play poorly? Sure. But if he hadn't played, people would have been calling him a pussy for sitting out and saying that he quit on the team. And they would have been saying that instead he toughed it out through an injury. And now everyone goes, Oh, but he's trash. I, first of all, I don't think any of us thought that he was trash. I just don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. And it, and to me, with Cleveland, with the talent that they have around him, and they had a lot of talent around him, and they have probably had the most talented roster out of the whole NFL. I mean, Speedy was talking about the talent. I mean, everybody that I know was talking about how good the Browns were going to be this year. And yes, talent yeah, won- they were my AFC Super Bowl pick. I know. <laughs> if talent won football games, we would have seen far more Cowboys victories. No, <laughs> no question with Don't that. Don't worry, Jeff. Because- now the UFC's in tickets. Maybe that'll change. Oh, uh, no, I didn't end up getting them. No, because they tried to whack me for uh, this ludicrous seat license. Oh, well, did you hear that's what the Cowboys? Did you hear what Mike Hollis said yesterday about the the whole <laughs> Zeke Elliott thing that we brought up to him? Uh, he, I hope he said he's better than Barry Sanders. That's he, my running back. He thought it was pretty funny when he said it. I mean, he said, <laughs> and and I, I talked to the Beef today, and Beef told me, "Is this? I th- I saw that you threw me under the bus again with that." I was like, hey, "You're you're never going to live it up because if I talk to an ex NFL player that played with Barry Sanders and told and said that he was the most elusive." more crazy talent on the field, and you think Ezekiel Elliott's anywhere close to the talent that he is, I, I'm going to bring it up. Every single professional athlete that's played against Barry Sanders or played with Barry Sanders has told, told me Ezekiel Elliott couldn't, play, couldn't shine his shoes. But the other problem is you guys are like, well, nobody would want Baker. There would be plenty of people that would want Baker because even if you think – and I'm not saying he's elite and I'm not even saying he's a top-ten quarterback or anything – but even if you just say he's middle of the road, 15 to 20 in that range of quarterbacks, people would kill to have him on their team because guys like that don't become available and they would love to take a chance with him. Because be, what are your other options? We're going to recycle Marcus Mariota. Oh. We're going to try to sign Mitch Trubisky. Who else is out there that's going to be available that would be better than Baker Mayfield? Uh, if, if he becomes available, I think Tampa would be a great landing spot for him. Here's another place that's not all that talked about, but – does New Orleans have a quarterback? No. I'm sure New Orleans would love Baker Mayfield. I think if Sean Payton was still there, like that would have been a good fit. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the type of quarterback that I think he could make even better with his offensive scheme. But now with, with – Look, their... I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's great, but there's still a lot of places in the league that he's a better option than the current person there. John says Joe Flacco, LOL. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Joe Flacco. Is that the same Joe Flacco that the Jets traded a six round draft pick for when they should have they could have just signed him in the offseason? Well, they only played in one game. Yeah. You know, like there's like the, the options for the young quarterbacks, those teams like the Jets or the Jaguars yes. or the Patriots, they wouldn't take them because they want to see if they have the Their next future, great quarterback yes. that they just drafted. Mm-hmm. Right. But what if Kirk Cousins leaves Minnesota? What, what would Minnesota do? They would love Baker Mayfield. What if what if Denver misses out on Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or anything? They would kill for Baker Mayfield. Well, uh, we'll see what happens in the offseason because I think the Browns could could very much part ways with him after March. I, I mean, the, pro- the problem is, and do what? That that's a good question. Maybe they go after Deshaun Watson. Maybe they find somebody find somebody that is a better fit with the organization moving forward. I. I, I just think the fans, they, they were really heavily down on him. Yes, he wasn't 100% healthy, and and there's no question. And it wasn't his throwing arm, so it shouldn't affect him moving forward in his career. But, again, Baker Mayfield was expected to be better than he was the year before where he was one play away from going to the AFC title game. I, they couldn't even I make mean, the playoffs. I, I get it, but the problem is he's had three coaches in four years. That's not helping his growth either. No, obviously. It doesn't Especially have... with one of those coaches being Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> Well, he wanted Freddie Kitchens. I know. Uh, still. He How do you ta- I was a team that talented, 6-10. and ten. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, he wanted Freddie uh, Kitchens. Have you seen the Dallas Cowboys? No, they're usually 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> Yeah, but They're yeah, consistently 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> Right, but Speedy, every year we say the Dallas Cowboys are the most talented roster in football, and they still blow. <laughs> so talent doesn't mean shit. Uh, I guess you're right. And if they if they don't, they'll even if they do make the playoffs, they'll find a way to lose it by thirteen seconds. I mean, right? But this is the thing: is it's not it's not about it's about a collection of fifty three guys. It's not about names on a roster or or anything like that. You know, it, it's not. It's about people all pulling in one direction, and that doesn't always happen when you have you know a bunch of star players. Sometimes they want to go in their own direction. How many times has Jamie Collins been kicked off the Patriots because he wants to do his own thing and Belichick won't put up with it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and then he got ruined there. by the Browns and then the Lions. <laughs> right, but this, is, but this is what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes when everyone's not pulling in the right direction, it's not a good fit for your team. And if you have too many stars, sometimes they want to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. If Odell Beckham is really all that great of a player, why is he on his third team? Mm-hmm. It's true. Because he probably pulls in his own direction. He does pull in his own direction. And now so does his dad. He's got everybody talking for him, including his girlfriends, his wife, his fiance. He can't protect himself. He's got nothing good to say about himself, so he has other people speaking all the good and all the bad and all the ugly about him. You know, it's why the Raiders made the playoffs. You know, he's not a head coach, and but he sure deserved, probably deserved that job. I'm not yeah. knocking Josh McDaniels. But Rich Bisaccia got all of those guys. Even after Gruden left, even after Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, thing, and even after the uh, Damon Arnett thing, he got all those guys to pull in one direction. That's uh, the sign of a good coach. Right. That's not, you know, names on a roster don't do that. Mm. You know, you've got to, you know, it's got to be a team effort. And maybe, you know, maybe the Browns' problems aren't Baker Mayfield's issue. I mean, he's certainly taken the heat for all of it. But when you look at all the things that have been going on, can you actually blame Baker Mayfield? But you you know this, Jeff. Uh, it, with any team or any, any organization, if you have a quarterback that was the number one pick and is expected to be a star or a superstar or whatever, and it, when you win, 
the quarterback gets the credit. When you lose, the quarterback obviously gets the damper, gets the attack. So Baker Mayfield's in a position right now where the team was talented. And, and yes, the fans are going to be hard on him as well as they should. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but saying that nobody would want him is a stretch. I don't know if anybody said that, that nobody would want My him. main thing was, yeah. do they do they try to trade him did. now? You guys just did. You do they try to trade him now? You go, no one wants him. I, no, no, That's what you said. No, no. First of all, I said that the Browns don't want him. I didn't say nobody wants him. He's a he's an available quarterback. No, you guys were talking about, oh, they would trade, and you were like, well, the problem is no one wants him. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> They come out of rewind my mouth. The tape. Go rerun the tape. I never said that nobody wants him. I said the Browns don't want him. I said they were stuck because of the injury and also because of that kind of year. They're kind of trading him a low. I think they would be better off experimenting with him in this fifth-year option. They're going to give him the fifth-year option. They gave him the fifth-year option. They're not getting rid of him. So, at least, but I, I, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if you see them bring in another guy, another quarterback, to play behind him, that if he doesn't like a Mitchell Trubisky or somebody uh, that is available, uh, Marcus Mariota. Stop guy, trying to make stop trying to make Mitch Trubisky happen. It's or, not going to work. Or a Marcus Mariota, one of these guys. You bring in this this veteran quarterback to play behind him. That if he has another one of these, you know, skids again, you, you keep him out and he doesn't, he loses his job. And that's what I think is going to happen. John but says, the problem is all of those guys that you're naming can probably all find starting jobs somewhere because. I mean, let's just look at it, right? Just objectively. The the Broncos' job is open, right? right. They're not going to go with Locke. They're not going to go with Bridgewater, right? Yep. So the Steelers' job is is open. Mason yeah. Rudolph probably isn't the answer there, right? Nope. Uh, Houston may be open, right? Like, maybe. Who knows? Maybe they like Davis Mills. Maybe they're still going to keep uh, Deshaun Watson somehow. Maybe they convince him to stay. You know, uh the Buccaneers job is open, mm-hmm. right? Brady's probably not coming back. Okay. So you're going to tell me Marcus Mariota is going to take, is want to go, is going to want to go to Cleveland to back up Baker Mayfield when he could go to a place where the job is open and just start. That seems ridiculous. Uh, John also says Panthers is open. Panthers and, is open. There you go. Right. Like, so Panthers job is open and a past comment in reference to Odell, uh, just like I don't Antonio know if the Panthers Brown. job is open. And the reason why they, they brought in, um, obviously, uh, what's his name again? Ben, Sam. Ben McAdoo. And the reason why they brought in Ben McAdoo is to help the growth of Sam Darnold. They give up a two and a fourth for him. I, I don't, I can't see them just, you know, giving up on Sam Darnold. Like Buddy, that. the only thing, yeah, no, they're going to give up on Sam Darnold. Unless you have a bag of magical pixie dust that you can sprinkle on him. He's going to suck. They went with a dude who couldn't throw over him. Hmm. They went with Cam Newton. Why? Because he stinks. We just need to face facts. Sam Darnold stinks. Call Matty Caps. Tell him to burn that jersey. <laughs> Sam Darnold stinks. Yes, Matty Caps had a ticket to his Hall of Fame ceremony the day he was right. drafted. Yeah, everybody did. Everybody. Oh, he's so young. He's going to be so good. How about he blows? Uh, John also says, uh, Odell, just like AB, how many teams has he been on? Rumor now is he might join the Ravens. Well, his cousin's there, so that makes sense. And they are going to give up on him and Matt Rule at the same time. Antonio Brown will never play in the NFL again. Take that. And you can take that to the bank. He will I never. I don't know, man. People people are always willing to give a guy, uh, you know, 
chances when you have talent and the bottom line is a B can still catch passes. He can. I I'm telling you right now, after what we've seen and what he did on, on the field, uh, at MetLife stadium, I, I cannot see an organization giving him an, but it's chance. all it's going to take is someone to vouch for him. That's the, the Buccaneers didn't want a B and Brady went to the organization was like, bring them on in. Mm-hmm. If Lamar Jackson does that and vouches for him because they're from the same part of South Florida, they're right there in Hollywood and all of that, you know? So I wouldn't rule it out. You wouldn't rule out Josh McDaniels recruiting him to the Raiders either, knowing the way the Raiders act. Oh, it's Vegas. He would fit in perfectly with the Raiders. Are you kidding me? Isn't that the Raiders' M.O.? They love troubled wide receivers. Mm -hmm. He was already there, so... He pretty much walked out. But, on I, don't, a big but I don't think. But I don't think the Raiders will do it because of how the whole thing ended with them originally. Yeah. You know, I don't think they'd bring them back in. But I mean, I mean, the Ravens is a possibility. The Ravens is a real possibility. You don't think he'd want to go back to the AFC North and torture? I, that was weird because I actually thought that where he was going to go after the whole Steelers uh, saga. I thought once right. the Raiders kind of like, oh, he's going to go play with the Ravens. He's going to want to stick it to the Steelers. He wants going to want to go play with Marquise mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown. He's going to he's going to want to go off and get his revenge on the Steelers. And look, I don't like the Ravens. Ravens for a lot of reasons for things they did to the Patriots that were just unjust, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. But, it, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. And they're an organization that that doesn't have a lot of problems in the locker room. They're a really stable organization. You know, John Harbaugh does a pretty good job there, right? Maybe maybe they can keep him under wraps and keep the crazy from coming out, mm. you know? We will see. Jeff, thank you for I mean, calling, man. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, Jeff? All right. What were you going to say before you, before no. you left? No, nothing. I'm 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 enjoying the show this week. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you. Are. I, I, I was just saying earlier, you're throwing a parade with with Tyler not here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where where is he? Is it a clan rally? Um, no, but I, I will say this with Tyler: if if he's not here next week, if he if he jumps ship on any of the shows next week, he is gone. He's not staying here. I I said it, and I'll, I'll say it again: if he is not here for both shows next week, I am absolutely kicking him off. The show. He is Maybe not he's out. having the hair surgery. I doubt that's going to happen. I, Maybe I mean, he's having that her, that Erlocker, uh you know, the surgery. Ginobili, the Ginobili surgery. <laughs> you know, I did, you never know. Did Erlocker have surgery on his head? Yes. I didn't. Are you see, kidding? I didn't see. Dude, it. please God, pull up a picture of him right now. Please God, Let he looks see. like Bob's big boy. It's so weird. Let me see. Brian Erlocker. You know, it'll be funny how, how much uh, Tyler criticizes LeBron. Now you now can make all the LeBron hairline jokes at him, too. <laughs> he actually looks good with hair. Yeah. Full surgery, bro. Uh, yeah, he actually full, looks good. Full transplant surgery. And even then, he kept the hairline high. Yes, he did. Should have gone a little lower with that thing. <sighs> Wow, no, it is drastically different. Wow. Yes, totally. Damn. Damn. You know what it, dude, you know what it looks like? I swear to God, you know what it looks like? He looks like the episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza got the toupee. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. I remember exactly what episode. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what he looks like. I mean, he looks good with, he looks good with hair. He does. I mean, I guess. I mean, you don't think so? No, dude. Bald Urlacher is a scary Urlacher. You don't <laughs> go and get hair, bro. For what? For what purpose? 
Well, he's a lot lighter now. He's not as big as he was. I mean, he lost a lot of weight. He doesn't work out anymore like that. That happens to all of them. I know. I know. That happens to all. Do you see Emmett Smith? Emmett Smith looks like he's sick. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he really does. He really Emmett does. Smith, the current Emmett Smith looks like we put the old Emmett Smith in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Like we just shrunk them, <laughs> you know. Well, there's a bunch of dude. You want the craziest post football transformation you'll ever see in your life? What is? It's it? the mo- dude Joe Thomas. Go look at Joe Thomas. Mm. I know we, we see him on he NFL Network great. all the time. He looks great. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, no, 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 I, uh, no, no. He looks no, no. He certainly looks great. He's like working out, and he he's got like abs now and stuff. Like, but that's not like offensive line, Joe Thomas. No, no. no. And usually those are the, the offensive and defensive linemen are the only ones that usually like lose that much weight after their their post playing career. Usually, usually a lot of the ex players are gaining weight a lot of the time. So. No, he Joe Thomas retired from football. Do you know how he lost the weight? Seriously? Like, do you honestly know? No, I don't. He, he bought a Peloton and he does Peloton like twice a day and then also goes to the gym and just does crunches and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Peloton. What an ad for Peloton. They should pay that dude. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not in the commercial at this rate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks amazing. You know, he looks like, you know, he's fit now, right? He's not overweight. He, right. You know, he's got a six pack. He looks great. Dude, Emmett Smith, whoo, he looks like he's dying. <laughs> maybe you got a maybe you got a stash of the uh, left. Uh, maybe you got a stash of the whatever was in Nate Newton's trunk. <laughs> mm, I don't think that's it. That stuff kind of makes you tend to want to eat a little more. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know um, what I'm saying? Like Emmett, you know, but he looks great, man. Erlacher looks weird. I'm not. I don't like. I like bald Erlacher, not hair Erlacher. Okay. I think he you know? looks. I think he looks good. I do. It's. I think it's. I, maybe I don't like it just because it just. I don't think it looks like Brian Arlock. No, it doesn't look like Brian Arlock. But I. I, I he think looks he, like a shitty accountant. A shitty accountant. <laughs> you know what he kind of looks like? He looks like all those memes they used to make of Peyton Manning when he was going. He was like being investigated for the HGH and all that. Brian Arlacher looks kind of like him with the bigger head. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really weird. It's really strange, but yo, did you see the 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 photographer at the Super Bowl parade? Did oh you see yeah, that? Uh, no, I didn't see that. What what happened, dude? She fell off the stage and broke her back. She broke her back. She broke her. Yeah, she's got a like a. She's not paralyzed, I think, but she like fell off the stage and a bunch of vertebrae in her back like got crushed. Mm. So she has like a broken back. Nice lawsuit right there. I mean, nice lawsuit. what. <laughs> Well, she could she's see. the one that she's the one that backed up and fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what that's, what, do? that's why they have insurances and that's why they have policies. People, well, yeah, no, they're not doing any of that though. Matt Stafford and the team uh, told her that they were going to pay all of her medical bills and then give her extra extra money. And then there's a GoFundMe that has forty grand in it too. Wow, look at that! I didn't even hear you about know, that. Yeah. Right, oh, dude, you got to see it. it's brutal. I definitely absolutely check it brutal. Out. I gotta check it out. I definitely do. How um, about your Knicks uh, last night? Was that uh, good for you? I, uh, dude, I was. I was actually happy that they lost. I, I don't want to see the Knicks win. They're not making the playoffs. 
Uh, you want to lose? Do you want them to lose as many games as they possibly can so they can get that? Well, wherever they're, well, it doesn't really matter because with the lottery. But uh, you know, I, I don't want the Knicks to win. You know, because they're not making the playoffs anyways. They're done, and uh, you know, jo- they got to figure out where what this team is next year. So, all right. So that that brings an interesting question, right? So, so where do you like? Because you're saying it to me right now, okay? Mm-hmm. You're, this is what you're saying to me. I want a team to lose. Mm-hmm. So where do you fall on the Miami Dolphins thing with the owner ordering Brian Flores to, to tank? Because it kind of ruins the integrity of the game, right? It, it, it ruins the integrity of the game, but they were, he was actually going to pay them, you know, pay him. Right. You know what I mean? That's, what's, that's the, what's the difference? What's the, what's the difference? By the, by the way, whatever. Honestly. Did you just see what James Harden was wearing tonight, sitting on a bench? So what the hell is he wearing? Yeah, that was Who cares that hipster douche? <laughs> what the hell is he wearing? Freaking weird. But uh, you know, I, I, I yes, I, I think uh, you, you know with with what's going on in you know with with the leagues and and what's going on with the game. Yes, Jeff. But you're saying you want them to lose, but then you're also saying that shows no integrity. But I don't think I don't think there's a difference between like losing and actively tanking though. Like there are some obvious cases. Of no, I, w- I want tanking, the, I like the Sixers want used to do. I personally want like, the. You don't. You don't think being up twenty eight and losing that game is an obvious case of tanking? It could have been. It could have been. How many teams can possibly lose a twenty eight point lead? That's ridiculous. They did it five times this year in in the month. Uh, uh, in the. Month of February and January, they've given up a twenty-five point lead five times, which is most uh, more more than any team has done in in that span in, in, in NBA history. Yeah, I mean because it's borderline impossible. Mm. Well, you almost can't lose. But again, I mean, the NBA has come down with other uh, punishments for teams actively tanking and sometimes that is end up end up being reflected in the lottery. So I don't know if the Knicks are necessarily deliberately doing it, knowing their draft luck is really bad as it is when they're in the lottery. But I'm not anyway, just saying but... in the NBA but I'm not just saying in the NBA, I'm just saying across all sports, right? Because you're you're clearly seeing it with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I don't I you know, I don't believe Hugh Jackson, right? Hugh Jackson can bite me. Mm-hmm. You can't come out and be like, oh me too. I took that money and then be like, nah, I was just kidding. No, he probably took money, you I know? Would, I would I would say that he did. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's across all sports. It's not, you know, an NBA problem or an NFL problem. You can't sit there and tell me that my, the Miami Marlins haven't been trying to actively lose. <laughs> so there are uh, 100 fans, they get a game. <laughs> yeah, but they'll start to get good. Eventually, when you get that many draft picks, a couple of them hit, and then you're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. They have some good young pitchers, but they just need a lot of offense. <laughs> Right, but yeah, but they'll get there though. They're trying to do it the way the the Rays do. Yeah, dude, how bad? How how long were the Rays awful? Oh yeah, the de- the awful. Devil Devil Rays. Yeah, those were really god awful teams. Right, it's had. only right. It's only been the last ten years that they've been actually good, and that's because they you know they sell Carl Crawford at the right time, they sell David Price at the right time, they sell Longoria at the right time, and they're just always you know, drafting good players and, and building through the farm system. So the Marlins will get there. It's just going to take a little bit. Hmm. Anyways, Jeff, we'll let you go, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Oh, so that was Jeff.
Uh, that is it for our show. We'll be back next week. Listen to the Weekend Crunch on 103.9. Are we going to be on at 7 o'clock? Yes, we are. 7 o'clock on 103.9. Uh, definitely listen to the show. If, you, if you're not living here on Long Island, uh, check it out on the High Heart Radio at 7 p.m. Uh, so you can tune in live. Uh, we'll be back next week with all our guests. Uh, Jimmy Smith, maybe. Uh, so stay tuned. Definitely a bunch of guests. And Tyler better be here next week. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, if That's it for our show. We will be back next week. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.